following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Thursdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Garter. At the end of the year, they'll be merging with Dorn Mayhew from the east side of the state, and they'll be stronger together. They can help your business from retirement planning, payroll, audits, tax help, and more. Go to BeanGarter.com to find out about the merger and also how Bean Garter is stronger together with Dorn Mayhew. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. Thursdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are presented by Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Garter. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan, it's time for the huge show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1 866 838 HUGE. That's 1 866 838 4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. Good afternoon, Michigan. It's time for the huge show today. Special thanks to those of you listening live, where we're not being uh, preempted by the Detroit Tigers and their weather-induced doubleheader. You might have guessed by now, I am not, in fact, the huge one. This is Jeff Risen. If you listened yesterday, I sat in yesterday. I'm in here again today. Uh, we got a day off from, from Detroit Lions camp today, so uh, I was gracious enough to stick around and, and fill in the considerable shoes for Mr. Mr. Simonson, the huge one who's off doing probably something fun today. I don't actually know why he's not here, but uh, it's all good. Um, I, for those of you who don't know me, I am Jeff Risden. I am the managing editor of the Lions Wire for USA Today. I also co-host the Detroit Lions podcast, and I also run Draft Wire with USA Today. So uh, I, I'm a football guy. So we're going to spend just about every minute today talking about football. We've got college football. We've got the Big Ten Media Days going on down in Indianapolis. There is considerable interest in what one of the head coaches in the state of Michigan had to say about what we talked about extensively yesterday, the on, or impending suspension of Michigan Wolverines head coach Jim Harbaugh for Burgergate. Um, unironically, by the way, the, the Big Ten <laughs> provided the media boxed cheeseburgers for lunch. Not a joke. Way to, way to read the room, guys. That's... Uh, that, that, that's some of the fun that you get to deal with in, in, on the media side of things. Is uh, They tend to feed us at, at events like that, but it's not always the greatest. Um, I, I go to the Combine every year down in Indianapolis. In the Giant Center, they give us uh, the, the best thing about it. They have, they have like homemade deep-fried kettle chips, which are fantastic. But they come along with a box lunch that is just, eh, you know, you can, you can do better at your local Jimmy John's or where, wherever your electric hero, if you're out in Holland, where I'm, where I'm from, great place to go. Uh, yeah, that the, the giving, give, providing the the media, especially the ones that are covering the Michigan Wolverines down there, uh, providing them with cheeseburgers after Jim Harbaugh is going to be suspended for buying recruits cheeseburgers. Maybe um, he doesn't actually remember doing it, or alleges that he doesn't remember doing it, um, and then covering it up um, with something other than mustard or special sauce is probably that. That's where he's getting in trouble with this. 
Yesterday we talked to Clayton Safey and uh, 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 Anthony Broom. They're both down there, and we've got some more words on what Harbaugh says, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, we're also going to flip the coin. Um, I am ne- neither a Michigan nor a Michigan State guy. So I'm going to try to give some equal time today. So we're going to have Graham Couch from the Lansing State Journal come on and talk about the Spartans and Mel Tucker and what he's had to say uh, in his media podium time down in Indianapolis. And I'll be honest with you, the Spartans are sort of an enigma to me this year. And I'm, 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 I hope to learn some things from Graham this year. They, they graduate, Like I said, I cover the draft, and my college football prism is looking at it from that perspective. I want to see who's eligible for the NFL draft. Who's a prospect? Who am I going to be watching? I don't really get into much of the recruiting or any of that. So hopefully Graham will shed some light on, well, who's going to be their starting quarterback, among other things. But uh, we'll talk to him in the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, But then we're going to put the Lions hat on. And we're going to keep that on for most of the day today. Uh, we have a guest coming up. Uh, Eric Schlitt will be with us, uh, my former co-worker at Lions Wire. He now runs Pride of Detroit. He's the managing editor there uh, with SB Nation. He will be joining us in the next segment. Uh, and he's going to tell us what's what he's seen in Allen Park over the past few days. Again, they're off today, uh, but they started practice, I believe it was Sunday morning, and have gone through. Uh, and I'm curious as to what I'm going to see when I get there starting tomorrow morning. Uh, where it will be hot and steamy. Um, uh, oh, oh I, uh, producer Brett just reminded me. I have to do my obligatory weather report. Uh, it's hot. <laughs> as, as, uh, uh, as I talked about yesterday, as, as I mentioned several times, uh, when, I, when I filled in for Bill, uh, I, went to, I went to college to be a TV weatherman. And uh, on a previous incarnation in this studio, one of the hosts was gracious enough to let me read the weather every time I'm in here. And I continue to do that to honor him. Uh, thanks, Drew. Uh, and it's something that I, I, I enjoy. I am still a weather enthusiast. If you can see along, if you if you're watching along on the the closed circuit television, you'll notice that we are in fact watching the weather channel in here. <laughs> we would change that from uh, some of the the more partisan news networks that, that are typically on in here. Uh, and it's uh, well, if you if you happen to be listening from New Hampshire right now, you should probably take cover because it looks pretty bad there. <laughs> but here in Grand Rapids at the the iHeart Studios uh, on, in ninety six point one, the game it's currently eighty three degrees, sunny. Uh, very nice, very nice day to be outside. Hopefully, you can get outside. Maybe you can take a little walk around the park, or you know, walk your kids, walk your dog um, while you're while you're listening to the, to the next three hours of the show. And uh, special thanks to those of you who are streaming along. Uh, again, uh, most of the stations are preempted by the Detroit Tigers today. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, thank you, thank you for seeking us out. Um, thank you to producer Brett Hayes again for. Uh, for getting the podcast out in a timely manner and uh, making it all sound good, making making me sound better than I do when I'm live, uh, when you edit out the little gaffes and, and weird things that I do, uh, because that's what we do. Uh, I, I am a writer. I am not a radio professional like the huge one, uh, but he, he's gracious enough to give me some time, and I thank him for that as well. Let's get into the Jim Harbaugh thing, because this was a massive point of, of conversation yesterday. And we again, we talked with Clayton Safer, we talked with Anthony Broom, and they didn't really know exactly how it was going to play out today when Jim Harbaugh took the podium down in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Media Days. And both of them correctly guessed that Harbaugh dodged any controversy. And to Harbaugh's credit, and to the surprise of one of our guests yesterday, a little bit anyways, he did hold his tongue and, and held the line pretty well. Um, so I, we have we have the quotes here, and I'm, I'm going to read from from Anthony Broom's, Broom's piece on uh, on why 
Why he's being suspended for the four games, uh, he basically ducked out of it, um, as you might expect. Uh, talked a lot about NILs as well. Um, I lost. I just lost the thing I was looking at here. This is this is great radio, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Harbaugh was asked about the NCAA investigation into him and his program. And this is a quote from Jim Harbaugh, and I will not try to do his voice because I can't do it. As you probably already know, I am not allowed to talk about any aspect of that ongoing situation. I'd love to lay it all out there. Nothing to be ashamed of, but now is not that time. That's all there is. That's about all there is to say about that. And you can read that in Forrest Gump, and it probably looks a little better. There you go. Uh, and he did to his to his word. He did not did not bite on future inquiries into that. Now he will probably talk later off the record with some people. Uh, maybe some of the people that we had on yesterday. We don't know. But uh, thus far, that's all we're getting out of Burger Gate. Uh, so looks like the four game suspension is still coming. It's not technically solidified yet. They're negotiating. Uh, who knows? Uh, there's a lot that's going on with that, and and again, um, we talked about it again yesterday with with Safi and with Broom. The the NCAA is is effectively worthless, and this just goes to prove how inane of an organization and how worthless, pointless it is. Uh, at as was noted, they don't give out the national football, they don't give out the college football playoff. Championship trophy. I got I to make sure I say that right because they, they do actually come after you if you don't say it right. Believe it or not, they do do that. Um, and it's not the NCAA either. Funny enough, because they go after you for everything else. But I digress. They uh, they are allegedly the governing body over all intercollegiate athletics, but they tend to selectively pick and choose when, where, and who they enforce different rules for. And right now, Jim Harbaugh is unfortunately on the wrong end of their club of justice. And I don't know what he did to get there. Look, he's, he's again, I am not a Michigan guy. I'm not a Michigan State guy. I'm not an Ohio State guy. But Harbaugh is a fascinating figure for everybody because you don't know what he's going to do. You, you don't know what's going to come out of his mouth. You don't know what's going to come out of his players when they go onto the field. In general, they're pretty darn good, but you never know. You know, there's there's some variable variability with that. So uh, I applaud Jim for uh, for sticking to the plan and and not biting on it. Um, one of the other things that and, and this is this did come up yesterday. We talked about uh, whether Ohio State and Michigan should be the final game of the season because there has been some talk, rumors, speculation that maybe maybe it's not the best way to end the college football season in the regular season because there's a chance they could play in the in the Big Ten championship game the following week. Now, this would be starting next year once US, USC and UCLA are in the Big Ten, and I still cannot get my head around that. Uh, I am I am kind of looking forward to uh, trying to get a, like credentialed media for for Michigan Michigan State. One of the some some school credentialing so I can go to LA for a trip. That'd be that, that sounds like fun. I want to get out there. I haven't been in LA in a long time. I have been to the Coliseum, but that was twenty nine years ago. It's been a long time. Back when Marcus Allen was playing there. That's that's how long ago it's been. So the, the, I understand the impetus behind that, and uh, Harbaugh uh, said he didn't have a particular opinion on whether or not Ohio State Michigan should be moved off the last weekend of the regular season. Um, they, uh, he, uh, he said, we expect it to be at the end of the year, and uh, he also pointed out that it's become part of the Thanksgiving weekend tradition, 
And that leads me into what Thanksgiving weekend in Michigan is one of the greatest experiences that you can have because it kicks off. You got the Detroit Lions kicking off the the, the football weekend Thursday, 1230 every year. Uh, This this year they're hosting. Oh, my God. I blanked on it. I think they're hosting the Bears this year. (laughs) As much as I've memorized the schedule, I should probably know that. Yeah. So you you get the Lions to kick off the day. And if you're like my family, um, and specifically my wife's family, which is from the the East Point area, um, formerly East Detroit, um, and also the Canton, Plymouth area, we've always arranged it so Thanksgiving dinner comes after football. A lot of people like to eat. You know, I grew up I grew up in the Cleveland area um, with primarily Browns fans, and they didn't really pay a lot of attention to the Detroit Lions. So we ate like at halftime of the Lions game. And that, that's terrible because then you're you're groggy. You're laying on the couch. You got the tryptophan going. You're like, oh. Enough of that. But it's, it's just a majestic weekend having the Lions play on Thursday and they'll win this year. They didn't quite get it done against last year in, against Buffalo, but that was a fantastic game. It was a great game. It was entertaining even in a loss. Then you get Friday, you get, some, you get some other conference championship games. Then you get Ohio State, Michigan. What's better than that? Especially when those two teams are the best teams in, in the Big Ten, if not all of college football. And they've, they've both been rivaling that the last couple of seasons. I, you know what? It's it's what? It's July 27th today. I'm already looking forward to. I think that's November 27th. Actually, is is when? So four months away from Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I already can't wait. I want some turkey. I want some stuffing. Okay, Brett, producer Brett, big snap question for you here: Gravy on the dressing or to the side? On. Good man. I would say on. Yes. Thank you. That's this. We we can still continue to work together. Okay, that's cool. good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so there's uh, there, the big time media days are fun, um, and and again as as I said yesterday, I, before I came in yesterday, I listened to a little bit of the ACC players talking, and every single one of them was basically validating and earning their NILs from whatever places are paying them, um, whether it's a car dealership, uh, there's a foundation uh, for Florida State. I know that Jared Verse, who's a guy that I really really like for the NFL draft coming up in 2024, uh, talked about, but. Uh, you're getting a little bit of that with the Big Ten when the players get up there, too. Corum uh, uh, was pretty good about not having to, to say too much Blake Corum, the, the fantastic running back from Michigan who will be in the 2024 NFL draft. Probably be very highly selected in that. Um, one, one quick thing. Not to go all Michigan football in here because we are going to talk a lot about other things as well, but I'm one of those weirdos in the draft community that thinks that, that Donovan Edwards is going to be drafted before Blake Corum. I think, uh, I think his size and I think the... The fact that he's healthy certainly doesn't hurt, and the, 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 his breakaway ability to get into the open field, I think, is is something that translates a little bit better than what Corum does to the NFL level. But in college football, not going to go wrong with either of those guys. And Michigan, Michigan's going to win a lot of football games this year, folks, no doubt about it. But uh, to be fair and balanced, we are in fact going to bring in Graham Couch later on to talk uh, talk some Michigan State as well. And uh, I'd be remiss again. We, we we mentioned this briefly towards the end of the show yesterday about PJ Fleck. Former Western Michigan Broncos coach led to some great times down there. Um, uh, I, I was fortunate enough to, to interview him a few times, um, sitting in this chair a couple times. He told me that he's afraid to swim in the ocean because sharks might eat him. Um, one of the, one of my favorite sound bites ever. <laughs> but uh, uh, he's he's getting in a little bit of trouble in Minnesota now, and uh, he's being accused of running a cult which is pretty strong allegations, but a lot of former players have spoken out, albeit anonymously, so you don't really know. 
So let me let me let me let me pull back the the media thing here because I do have to use anonymous quotes and sources from time to time where I have to keep them protected. And I also have to protect them from being identified so they can't be traced. And then that person would have some recourse against me. And I have seen, hasn't happened to me personally, but I do know someone who covered a, uh, uh, they're an AFC South team. And he, people figured out who his source was within the organization. And that reporter and the source both got canned. So you got to be very careful about that. And if you burn someone, First off, you're not going to get other sources that are going to come to talk to you again, um, and that's very bad for business. Uh, if, if, like, the huge one has fantastic sources, I know he does. I know some of you all question a little bit, but he's got he's got it. Um, he has shown me evidential proof of some of the the scoops that he's gotten, some of the things that that he's learned before they become public. And I don't know who those sources are, and that's a very good thing because if I did then I could compromise Bill. He could compromise his source, whether it's an assistant coach, an athletic director, a, a, a football official. Uh, because I, I will tell you, <laughs> little secret, referees are fantastic for getting information about what happens during a game. Fantastic sources for learning the vibe from the sidelines and what players are thinking and how engaged they are. Uh, just throw that little tidbit out there. Be nice to your refs because they're, 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 they're people too. In fact, I will be one as soon as my kids are done with sports, uh, which leads me into what we're going to talk about for a little bit um, in the in the in the five o'clock hour today or the third hour. If you're listening on the podcast or streaming along, I have been, as many of you know, I have been uh, a sports dad for a long time. And my son is a senior in high school now uh, at Zealand East. Good job, Lane. You made it. He finished his AAU basketball career this past week, and it's one of the reasons why I have, well, it is the reason why I have not been over in Lions Camp yet. I decided to be dad instead of being reporter, and I got to spend four days with my son uh, wrapping up his AAU basketball career and then going on a college visit, college camp, uh, where I'm pleased to say that he did, in fact, draw an offer from the school that he went to, and it's a very good one, and he's very strongly considering it. Uh, he does have other offers, and there are a couple of very good ones of those that he is also very strongly considering. But the journey to from when he started to when he finished has taught me and him and our entire family a lot of things that I don't think you necessarily expect. So I'm gonna I'm gonna devote a little bit of time today to talking about the journey of being a sports parent, uh, whether it's basketball, baseball, hockey soccer, um, volleyball, which both of my kids have played and my, my daughter continues to play. Uh, and there, I'm just trying to give you a little bit, a few things that we've learned, that we've gleaned, uh, that might help you on your journey. Um, it might jog your memory if you're someone that, that's beyond that stage already. You know, your kids are adults or if you went through it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm old enough that I missed it. Uh, I was not a gifted enough athlete to do that. Uh, I wound up playing a lot of volleyball, but uh, the, the, the club scene just didn't exist in the, in the 1980s when I was going on. So it's, uh, th- th- it's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be a little bit emotional for me. Um, I am a crier. I will probably be crying while I talk about it, just the, the sentimentality of, of a chapter of my life being over, even though I have a daughter that's a freshman. Uh, and we're going through all that again, but uh, that's we're, we're going to talk about that, and, and uh, I, I think y'all will enjoy that. Uh, 
a little, little diversion from what you normally get on the huge show. Um, look, what is this show about if nothing other than self-promotion? And uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to promote myself and my kids a little bit on that. <laughs> so uh, uh, I appreciate the platform on that. And, and I did get Bill's blessing on that, by the way. The huge one uh, has, has been very supportive of the kids um, and very supportive of me taking time out from when I'm scheduled to be in here to do things with my kids. Uh, and I, I am very grateful for that. I'm also grateful to my, my bosses at USA Today for indulging me and letting me do it because uh, not everyone gets a chance to do that. I'm blessed, and I know it, and I want to. I want to share my blessing with y'all out there in the Mitten State. So, uh, when we come back from our break here, we have our leadoff guest, and I am so excited to talk to him because I have not talked to Eric Schlitt. Eric Schlitt, Pride of Detroit, managing editor, one of the smartest and best Lions sources you can find. Uh, he technically works for uh, like so. Pride of Detroit is an SB Nation thing. I work for USA Today for the Wire Network. We are technically supposed to be rivals. We are not. We are very good friends. We talk a lot. We haven't talked since camp started, so I'm I'm very excited to pick Eric's brain on what I missed while I was over in uh, running around with my son, what happened, what he saw in the days over in Allen Park, uh, and what we can expect to see over the next couple of weeks while we're there uh, together. I will be there bright and early tomorrow morning. Uh, the Lions practices are at 8.30, which is fantastic for those of us who are on the dad's schedule. Uh, I can get my day done by like 4 o'clock, maybe go hit some golf balls, maybe throw the kayak into the water over there, and it'll be fun. So uh, when we come back, Eric Schlitt from Pride of Detroit. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. At Mercantile Bank, we believe supporting the communities we serve is a vital part of who we are. Our team is here to make a positive impact, a real difference, and we're always looking for leaders to join our team because we're not just a bank. We're a partner here to support what matters most. Come grow with us. Visit MercBank.com to learn more and let's support our community together. Mercantile Bank, member FDIC, equal opportunity employer. Bill Simonson here with a message from my good friend Josh Garvey. Now, he's the new managing shareholder for Bean Garter. At the end of the year, they'll be merging with Dorn Mayhew, and they'll be stronger together as one of America's top accounting and business firms. And speaking of business, if you're a business owner, decision maker, Bean Garter has retirement planning services in combination with Dorn Mayhew that can help take a lot of work off of your plate. Third-party administrator for 401k and 403b plans. They plan, document, design, and have maintenance of all plans. They can help you today. Go to beangarter.com for more information, annual employer reporting, Form 589955 preparation and filing, and compliance testing. So let Bean Garter help you with your retirement planning services for your company. Stronger Together now with Dorn Mayhew. You can find out more at beangarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Hot winds and scorching July nights. We've turned up the heat, and one lucky player every hour has the chance to win up to $5,000 in sizzling premium play. Blaze in to win red-hot prizes every Friday, 7 to 11 p.m. It's scorching July nights, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway, reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. 
Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. There are 13 folds that bring the American flag to the iconic shape of freedom. This summer, Folds of Honor and Budweiser celebrate 13 years of changing military and first responder lives together. Service never stops, and neither will we. So join me in raising a Budweiser to raise funds for Folds of Honor. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch, Budweiser, Lager Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Because uh, as producer Brett might indicate, I just injured myself putting my headphones on, trying to see if I had the right ear on the right ear hole. Uh, I did that very poorly, uh, but thank you to Dave Mustaine for writing such a great song to, to bring us back in. Without further ado, because I know you want to, you don't want to hear me talk about Megadeth, because I could talk about Megadeth all day, and it would be fun, it would be rocking. But uh, we're going to talk some lions. We're bringing my good friend Eric Schlitt from Pride of Detroit. Uh, Eric has been, uh, Eric used to work for me back in the day at Detroit Lions Draft, rest in peace. Uh, He then worked above me at Lions Wire, uh, and then we became co-editors. He moved on, and he's doing great things at Pride of Detroit. So uh, let's get in here. Eric, my man, how are you? I'm good, buddy. Nice to talk to you again. It is very good to hear you vo- your voice, and uh, so we're, we'll, we'll jump right into it. What did I? What's the biggest thing that I missed in missing the first three or four days of, of being over in Allen Park? I, I think the biggest thing, or the biggest unexpected thing, is how they've they've kind of switched up their defensive front, and it has really featured Charles Harris prominently. It's uh, in their when they use four man fronts, they're starting Charles Harris along with Aiden Hutchinson. They're using a lot more five man fronts, which we saw in week oh, yeah. seventeen and eighteen. And that and what they're doing for that is they're standing Charles up and they're running them at the Sam. And so um, Hutchinson is still Hutchinson. Like he he still looks great. But Harris is uh very dedicated and the coaching staff loves him and he's showing his versatility to line up with the hand in the dirt and stand up as an edge uh linebacker and he's uh he's really been the talk of the first few days because uh that's the biggest I think unexpected thing was we were expecting a lot of last year, but now uh Harris has really come on to burst onto the scene again. Yeah, he and he he didn't have a great season last year, even before he got injured. And then we all saw James Houston just explode uh, at the end of the season. He he wound up uh, getting some Rookie of the Year, in, not like top votes, but like third place votes. And and it seems like that's a natural flow for him. But uh, Eric, I I keep fighting this good fight on on social media, and hopefully you can reinforce me here. The coaching staff freaking loves Charles Harris, don't they? Yeah. Oh yeah, massively, and, and and 
it's his tenacity. It's his ability to do multiple things, and they just they trust him. They trust that he's going to be the same player from the first snap of the game to the last snap of the game, and that he's going to give them maximum effort every time. James Houston is a terrific pass rusher. He has elite skills that are just things that are hard to teach, or maybe you can't even teach them to a lot of guys. But James lacks balance. He lacks his ability to drop into coverage. He, he, he lacks ability to be very proficient against the run. And he, like I said, elite pass rushing skills, but his game isn't rounded yet. And so Charles Harris's game is rounded, and so he's repping higher right now, and he's going to rep higher until James Houston takes another step in his development. So with that, uh, talking with Eric Schlitt from Pride of Detroit here, where is Houston getting? So the five-man front to me, I love the, I love it, by the way. We talked about this in minicamp early this summer when they started showing some looks from it. I think it's a fantastic look for their defense. Is Houston, uh, is he getting the, the second-team Sam reps? Is he standing up as, as an off-ball backer? Is he getting any looks like that? Or, or where is he fitting right now? Mostly he's fitting in as like the third team, and that's because they're trying to give Julian Aquara as many Sam reps as they can. The problem is is Julian isn't seizing the moment. And so it started out with Julian getting first team, and they start almost every practice, or I'm second team, and they start out almost every practice favoring the veterans, right, because Julian's a third-year, a fourth-year veteran, and and Houston's just going into his second year. But inevitably – Julian just isn't making splash plays. He's he's not really making himself noticeable. And a couple of times you saw Houston kind of jump him in the middle of practice on the depth chart, and he was getting higher reps. And so it's an interesting battle. But, like, I don't think Houston taking third-team reps is necessarily, like, uh, you know, an indicator that he's necessarily in trouble. I think it's just they're trying to give Julian every opportunity while also rounding out uh, Houston's game, which is a lot easier to do against the third team guys than it is the second. And uh, it's just, it, it's a seniority thing. Like, I, Houston's, like I said, Houston's pass rushing skills are so good that it, I don't, like, it's not like they're just going to lose him. Even if he's just a situational pass rusher, that's going to be okay. I think Julian's the one who needs to really uh, be, you know, trying to expand his game because he might be in trouble. I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. We can talk about this more in depth right. and, and a little bit more behind the scenes. But uh, thank you for the information on that. One of the players that I get asked about a lot, I know you do too, Ifyazu Malifanwu, is he going to emerge as something in his third year? Or is this just a case of it's just not there? I think he's really established himself as the third option at safety. Now, there's a caveat to that because I'm including Chauncey Gardner uh, and uh, Gardner Johnson and Brian Branch is kind of like Nichols, right? Right. So, you, so you're, uh, you're evaluating them as corners. So you're saying he's behind Kirby Joseph and Tracy Walker. Right. Now, okay. it's very possible that the Lions only keep Walker, Kirby, and Melifonmu because of branches and Gardner Johnson's ability to play safety, right? right? And so, like, if you're looking at, like, the depth chart and, and, and like, Savion Smith and Brady Breeze, they haven't really stepped up to challenge Melifonwu. Melifonwu has made a couple of plays. He showed a little bit more range in his ability to cover. They dropped him into the box, into the nickel, which is not something they were doing last year. They kept him almost solely at that like kind of single high, right? And so they're starting to expand his positional range a little bit, and so that's helping, and he's, he's stepping up. So I think he's progressing nicely. 
And right now, he would be my favorite to be like the last safety in type of thing. That's good to hear because he he is an he's a very impressive guy to look at. He's also a very impressive guy to talk to. Like he's a guy that you want. And Will Harris is kind of in the same boat. Like they're mm-hmm. they're very athletic. They're very smart. They're erudite. They care, but it just hasn't clicked for whatever reason on the football field. But uh, I'm glad to hear that we're we're getting some progress with with Ify there. And and uh, also Will Harris, I know is you've you've written about him a couple times this summer, um, sort of being an integral veteran type role. Yeah, like he was playing outside corner uh, to start camp, and then when uh, Gardner Johnson gets hurt, he steps into the middle just because, again, favoring the veterans over the rookies. They're not going to want to put Branch, uh, push him right into it like starter reps. They want to be able to use him in a lot of different ways as, as like uh, in the reserve role capacity right now. So Harris is really he's a vital asset in what they want to do in order to stay fluid in that secondary. He can play inside, he can play outside. Uh, he actually, you know, remember. Remember, he's got safety range too, right? So if they absolutely were in an emergency, he's got that capability as well. So, and then when you look at his contract, like he he got one of those better and minimum contracts. So he, yes, he it did. actually costs yeah, it costs more to cut him than it does to keep him. So Will Harris is going to play an important role, not just you know he, he's going to make this roster not just because of uh, his contract, but because like he's filling in in a lot of different areas. And again, another guy the coaching staff trusts more than the fans do. Yeah, hundred percent with you on that, and and I, Eric, you know you know this. I have been critical of Will Harris ever since the minute he was drafted. I have seen his growth. I have seen him make himself a valuable member of the Detroit Lions, and I'm happy for him because he's he, he's a great guy. He is a great guy. He knows that I have been salty towards him, and he doesn't hold against me, and I, I appreciate that. Um, let, let's let's talk about a rookie that is going to play a lot, Sam Laporta. Just, just let me let me bask in how awesome he has been in the first few days of training camp. I mean, everything we saw in the spring, we're, we're seeing in the fall, right? Like, oh that, yeah, he, he was he was very dominant in the spring, and and he hasn't really backed off of that at all. It's he's. Um, He's very easy route runner. He has he has a great jumping ability, solid hands. Uh, his most impressive skill is probably his yak because when he gets his hand on the ball, he's immediately upfield and running to space. And uh, you mean he's not falling down right after he catches it like a certain Hawkinson used yeah, to? Yeah, amazingly. Um, it's it, it's what Sam Laporte is going to be one of these cases where we look back at you know him coming out of Iowa. And we're going to wonder, I think, why he wasn't like a first rounder, because Iowa's offense was so bad. It was so hard to evaluate him. And I really think I underestimated what he was capable of. But now that he's in an NFL offense and he's he's getting the ball on in a timely fashion, he's becoming very quickly, uh, you know, accustomed to what how the how Jared Goff throws a ball, and uh, he's just a reliable target. And he's our, he's he's getting more starter reps than anybody else at this point, which is I think not a surprise. But maybe how fast he's he's gotten into that spot might be a little bit of a surprise. But I mean his. His presence—it it was inevitable that he's going to be the guy. That's that's just great to hear because uh, you, you made me flash back to watching Iowa's offense last year, and oh, you could make a painful. case that he was their best quarterback last year. <laughs> uh, that, that's how that's how rough it was. Talking with Eric Schlitt from Pride of Detroit here, uh, talking about some Lions uh, on our day off from training camp. Uh, let, 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 so one of the things that, that surprised me in reading your reports, along with those others, is that Graham Glasgow is getting some first-team reps. 
Uh, can you talk about at, at right guard? You talk about how he looks and what's going on with Big V. Is this something that we need to be concerned about? Is this a legitimate competition, or is this just Big V isn't available and they're they're letting Graham go? Kind of a combination of all of it, right? Because okay. they brought Graham in and, and they've said we're going to allow you to compete. Uh, when they started camp, Graham was the one. He started with the ones, and and some of this could be them slowly wanting to acclimate Vitae back into, you know, NFL uh, you know, business here. Right. But then on day three, he pulled up a little bit and um, he didn't return to practice. And then he missed day four. So now he's injured and he's, and he's only taken starter reps one of the four days and Graham's done the other three because of the injury. And, and all of a sudden, I think Graham is showing his value, right? He is a steady veteran who has capability to start, and he's going to get a chance to to win the job. But if Vitae can't stay healthy, he's going to get it by default. And so what's interesting is that there's a trickle-down effect as well, right? So, like, when Graham steps up, then now Colby Sorstel steps into the second-team right guard spot. And they were actually starting to incorporate him with second-team reps kind of late in practice each of the days prior. And so, but now he, with Vitae not uh, practicing, Sorstel is firmly in with the twos. And, um, you know, I think we'll get a better look at how they perform once the pads come on. But, like, from a movement standpoint, uh, both those right guards look pretty good. And uh, we'll just got to see if Vitae can get and stay healthy. Boy, that would be nice if he could, because we, we've talked all summer, all offseason, about how great it is to have your projected starting offensive line all healthy, and already one of them's dinged up. But uh, it, it's encouraging to hear you talk well about Glasgow, because uh, uh, if you ask anybody who covered him in Denver, they're going to tell you that he was terrible there. And uh, oh, yeah. it's it's nice to hear him come back, and good good words on Sorestall. Real quick before I let you go, um, we are draft guys at heart, Eric. Give me your undrafted free agent, not named Starling Thomas, that has the best chance of making the team. <laughs> oh, you took my, you took the <laughs> gimme away. Absolutely. Right? I mean, because because he's Thomas, good. <laughs> I mean, Thomas is really good. Um, you know, like he's he was he was CB four outside CB four entering the training camp when Harris shifts inside. Now he's CB three. Um, when Jerry Jacobs was uh, not on the field for a couple of reps, it was Thomas who was in with the starters. Like that's awesome. He's he's very quickly rising up the depth chart. Uh, he's Gunner, first team Gunner, right as well. Interesting. Um, and so, yeah, it's uh, it, it gets a little harder a- after Thomas. Um, I, I still think that a running back three position is, is up for grabs. Um, bringing. Jackson back really makes it a little bit tighter of a competition. And um, you know, Craig Reynolds has been taking a lot of reps there. But uh, Ibrahim, if he can, if he's out of Minnesota, he's got a real chance, I think, to, to make his way in. He's looked a little silkier, a little smoother as camp has gone on. Putting these pads on, I think, is going to be a real benefit for him. So, yeah, like he'll get a chance to be a little bit more of a bully. Um, there's a couple of, there's been a couple of times where he's just like, he's found the hole and gone 10 yards before he's even getting like a hand on him. So, uh, I, I still think he's got a shot. Um, 
but yeah, taking Thomas away from my uh, from my choices was. was I mean, really, he's uh, he's makes, so makes obvious. He he's the fastest guy on the team. I don't think people understand. He got clocked yes. at over twenty four miles per hour at UAB. He can fly, folks, and he's also got some ability. He's he's had he's some injury. He's he's undrafted because he's already twenty four years old. Will be twenty five during the season, and he's had a lot of knee problems. But boy, if he can keep it on the tracks, man, he's he's gonna play. <laughs> Well, you know, look, Thomas is Thomas is feisty too. Like um, they were they were doing a run left play uh, with Craig Reynolds, and uh, a Fetty gets out and pull and, and pulls and he locks up with Thomas, and, and that's unfair because a Fetty is six six three thirty, right? And so he he locks onto Thomas and he he takes him from like two yards inside inbounds to like three yards out of bounds, and uh, the play was over and. Uh, Thomas let up, and Effetti didn't. And Thomas took exception to that and grabbed him by the face mask. And uh, yeah, maybe he he's, he's outweighed by like 160 pounds. Like, and and he and uh, yet he was uh, he was tussling with the big man and uh, the pair. They went to the ground like they were tussling up. It was he's not scared. And oh like, man, Aaron Glenn has to love that. <laughs> oh, Dan, yeah, Aaron Glenn, Dan Campbell, like Brian Duker went over and gave him an attaboy on it. You know what I mean? Like, I love it. So, <laughs> yeah, they they he he's just so tenacious and 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 they're willing to do almost anything. It's he's 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 a fun guy that I think Lion fans are really gonna they're really gonna love. Well, Eric Slit, thank you so much for joining us, Eric Slit from POD. I will see you tomorrow morning. Hopefully, the pads are on tomorrow. Tell me they're going to be on tomorrow. And that's my understanding. The way oh, they were talking God. in Allen Park is that they're expecting pads to be on. So that will make uh, practice a lot more fun, point. and we can we can check out my oh, guy yeah. Trevor Nowoski from Saginaw and see how he's hitting because uh, I, I I like him. You want me? I'll tell you. Look, real I quick, knew, I real quick, trying to get me off the air here, but like he's he's he, they're playing him all over. Uh, Sam, Will, Mike, they're doing a lot with him, so they're giving him a chance to go too. Awesome, Eric Schlitt, Thanks so much for joining us on the Huge Show. Thank you, Bud. All right. We're going to hit a break because I, I talk too much with Eric, so we're going we're gonna to spill into a break here. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Hey, it's Brett from the Michigan Sports Network, and it is time to step into a world of nonstop action with DraftKings Casino. Play the classics like blackjack, roulette, and slots, plus enjoy exclusive games you can't find anywhere else. Right now, new customers who deposit at least $5 can get a match on their first deposit and score up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. All you have to do is sign up with the promo code HUGE and you can start playing from a full suite of games. Your way is the only way to play on DraftKings Casino. You can play online, on your time, in your space, and within your means. It's safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you're ready. Just download the DraftKings Casino app now and sign up with promo code HUGE and you'll get a match on your first deposit of $5 or more up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. Only at DraftKings Casino with promo code HUGE. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up, Michigan only, one per opted-in customer. Minimum $5 deposit, max match $2,000. Deposit and bonus amount require 15 times playthrough within 30 days. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash players choice. Restrictions apply. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at roastumber.com. 
Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to The Huge Show. Wrapping up hour one here with a bit of fun news for those of you who uh, follow the Pistons and also uh, Michigan basketball. Xavier Simpson has signed with the team. You might remember him from Michigan. End of last decade. Uh, signed a one-year one minimum contract that can be converted to a two-way after a good summer league stint. He played some great defense in the summer league. That's probably what's going to get him on. When we come back, Graham Couch from the Lansing State Journal, live from Indianapolis Media Days. Big. Bad. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Thursdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are brought to you by Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Garter. At the end of the year, they'll be merging with Dorn Mayhew from the east side of the state, and they'll be stronger together. They can help your business from retirement planning, payroll, audits, tax help, and more. Go to BeanGarter.com to find out about the merger and also how Bean Garter is stronger together with Dorn Mayhew. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. Thursdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are presented by Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Garter. All right. Welcome back to the second hour of the huge show today on a Thursday. You might have just heard Bill talking there. That was pre-recorded, folks. Sometimes the commercials are pre-recorded. The huge one isn't actually in the studio today. This is me, Jeff Risden, filling in for the second day in a row. Hopefully it won't be the last time. Hopefully I don't do anything that makes Bill uh, call in and, and have the emergency eject button. Hope he's enjoying his time off. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for your gracious use of your time. I appreciate it. We get a lot to talk about still. I'm, I'm still buzzing about talking with Eric Schlitt, my, one, of, one of my best friends in the business. Uh, I've worked with him. Now we ostensibly work for competitors, but we're not competitors. We have a lot of fun together. Drop some great information on on a lot of different things, Lions. And, and there's been a lot of collective uh, angry old man yelling at clouds about Charles Harris being the starter at defensive end. Uh, or outside linebacker, whatever you want to call it, the edge position over James Houston, over both Aquara brothers uh, and and opposite Aiden Hutchinson. I'll just tell you that if you're someone that loves Dan Campbell and is one of those people, you know, in Brad we trust with with General Manager Brad Holmes, 
you're going to have to trust them on this because uh, this is not Eric's stance. It's not my stance. Uh, I talked to Ben Raven from M Live earlier today, and in hopes of getting him on, he's he's doing some wrestling stuff tonight, so we couldn't get him on. But uh, he's also iterated it in in his things. The coaching staff loves Charles Harris. If you are doing a 53-man roster projection at home, and why aren't you if you aren't, you better have Charles Harris on it. Otherwise, you're going to be wrong. Uh, and, and he's going to be seeing significant reps until we are told otherwise or see otherwise. We haven't done that. We're going to shift back to college football now. Uh, yesterday, we spent a lot of time talking about Michigan. Uh, and, and as I've said, I am not a Michigan guy. I am not a Michigan State guy. I'm a draft guy. And from that perspective, I honestly don't know a whole lot about what the, the Michigan State Spartans this coming season. I know, I know they have some defensive players that I'm interested in. So we're going to bring in somebody that knows the team incredibly well. Um, I have been in awe of the information that Graham Couch from Lansing State Journal has presented on this very program before. And uh, while I've never met Graham, I am very pleased to welcome him into the huge show and, and ask him some questions about what's going on with the Spartans and Mel Tucker down at Indianapolis uh, in the media days down in Indianapolis. So uh, without further ado, Graham Couch from the Lansing Journal, State Journal, welcome to the huge show today. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for the kind words, too. Yeah, yeah, you, you do you do fantastic work. When when Brett and we were talking about planning the show today, I'm like, should we get a Michigan State guy? I'm like, yeah, give me Graham. And uh, he, 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 he obliged. So thank you for obliging me. So it's media days. They're normally fairly fluffy. But tell, tell me what your number one takeaway was from Mel Tucker being up at the podium and, and talking to you all. Yeah, you know, I, I think he was um, fairly... I, I, I think there's a, there's they were humbled last year a little bit, and there's a reality to where the program is. Um, you know, I think he does believe they've got better depth, but I think he has a good sense of um, they're not where they eventually want to be. That this is a process, and I think he knew that before. But I also think he was, uh, you know, a little caught up in the um, hyperbole, maybe too strong a word, but the idea that. They didn't, you know. Why not try to do this quickly? Why not try to, you know, to win now at, at the highest level? And sort of a lot of the bravado that was there last year. And I think there's a pretty good understanding of of, um, of where they are right now. That, that's that's good to hear because the five and seven is it, it was tough. Uh, I think we all expected a little more than that at least. Uh, when they lost, they lost some NFL talent. Uh, I know that they have some coming up, but. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question uh, that you probably can't answer because I don't think Mel Tucker answered it. Who's going to be starting quarterback for the Spartans this fall? Yeah, you know, I would be surprised if it's not Noah Kim. I really okay. would because, um, you know, I, I just think, first of all, Kim was ahead of Hauser when they left, uh, Kaiten Hauser, the, 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 the redshirt freshman, when um, they left spring ball, which is, is you know, one sign. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, he's looked decent when he's come in, and he's waited his turn. And it's, you know, I think it's also easier to uh, replace a um, uh, an upperclassman who fails with a younger player than to have a younger player go out there and have something go wrong and then have to decide to bench that kid and destroy his confidence or, yeah. you know, question his future. I, I think it's just easier if all things are at all equal to go with the pecking order and, and also, you know, for a kid like Kim to, to get his shot. Now that doesn't mean 
you know, I think things will get. It doesn't mean they won't play Kaiten Hauser some. It doesn't mean that you know things won't be decided at some point. You know, after they play Washington and Maryland, where um, they may go in a different direction. But I think to start the season, you'll you'll probably see Noah Kim. All right. Uh, any chance that uh, the freshman from uh, from Oregon Levitt gets gets any look at all? I would be stunned. That's just based on, I mean, it's not to say he won't, but that's just based on my history with two freshman quarterbacks and how rarely they're ready and how high they are on Kaiten Hauser as well. And, and um, now people like Levitt. He's got a, got a live arm. He's a good athlete. You know, he, he wants to be part of the competition early. Um, but he wasn't there in the spring. And it just seems, I mean, he would, he would have to be a pretty magical player, I think, to, to roll to the, the head of the line. Yeah, that's good to hear. I, I asked that because I'm good friends with somebody who covers Oregon football um, in, in the high school and college level, and he has raved about him for a long time um, before he even committed to Michigan State. So uh, it, it, he, he's going to be good, folks. Uh, everything I've heard is, is that it's going to be there, but uh, uh, it's apparently not his time yet, which is which is fine. You know, he's he's a true freshman, uh, and that's that's a tough thing to ask it going into the Big Ten. And about that non-conference schedule, Washington not. Not an easy, not an easy task. Uh, the Richmond Spiders are actually coming in. They have some talent on that team. Central Michigan, no slouch. Um, I, I don't expect that Michigan State's going to trip up in, in, in any of those games. Are or, or, or am I? Or, or or is Michigan State down to that level of play? You know, I, it's a it's a it's a good question. I I, I don't think um, there is. You know, I mean, I, I don't think Central is going to be at the top of the MAC this year. I agree. I don't know that you know. There's a formula for those sort of upsets, and it takes quarterbacks and playmakers um, to to have it happen. I don't know, and I don't really know Richmond's roster yet. I haven't done the, the work on that as yet. But um, you know, they're uh, they're a top twenty five one double A team, so that's usually you know middle of the pack uh, uh, MAC type team as well. Um, so I wouldn't suspect they have trouble those first two weeks, but. Uh, it gets real after that because I do not only Washington but Maryland won eight games last year. They have high expectations in years where they've faded. It's happened later in the year. This is an early game with them, so I think those two those two September dates, and then you go straight into the road at what I think is going to be a really good Iowa team um, at the end of September. That those three straight weeks are, are pretty nasty going into the bye. Yeah, uh, talking with Graham Couch from the Lansing State Journal, live from Indianapolis in the Big Ten Media Days, and there's a lot less drama going around on around your team. Um, is there any spillover? Any any Spartans talking even behind the scenes about what's going on uh, down the road at Ann Arbor and, and sort of laughing or cringing or anything like that? There hasn't been, other than there was the, you know the comments from Mel Tucker about you know the, the night game and the, the the fact that that game is going to be at night at Spartan Stadium and. And the rivalry at all. I mean, there was just, I think Tucker handled that pretty well. He had a bit of a Mark D'Antonio moment, as I wrote, on uh, just about how important that rivalry is and how it will always be the most important game as long as he's there. And because and I, I think that when you speak like that, it speaks to the way MSU fans feel. And like one of the things D'Antonio did incredibly well after the little brother comment in 2007 is he spoke to uh, a pain that existed, to a bullying that existed. He spoke to where Michigan State fans were. He went down there with them and said, I'm in the fight with you and we're going to win this thing. And then he flipped the script in the rivalry and, and before they really won anything big, he was he was loved in that sense. And I, and I think, you know, Tucker's 2-1 and one against Michigan, which helps early on. 
And, you know, if if you can win in that rivalry your share, you'll get time. You'll get time. And I I don't mean he's under pressure, but what I mean is you'll get time from the fan base in terms of how they think about you. Uh, you You will have their conditional love if you are handling your business against Michigan uh, in, in terms of figuring out the rest of uh, the rest of everything. Yeah, it's certainly a lot easier when you're beating your rival than when they're beating you all the time. Um, ask John Cooper about that. Uh, in fact, I have, and uh, <laughs> uh, he, he still resents that. But anyways, uh, talking with, with Graham Couch, you brought up that it's going to be a, a night game this year in Lansing, East Lansing. Um, your thoughts on, on moving the rivalry game to the night? Uh, because... I, I kind of like it as, as, a, as a college football nerd and as a draft, Nick. It gives me extra time to put more intent eyes on that game. Yeah, I mean, there's an argument that it, it, it gives it a, a bigger platform. Um, there's also an argument that, you know, uh, that doesn't help cool uh, the temperature of it. But, you know, I don't know how much it needs to be cooled. I mean, I, there's some, it got a little ugly last year, and, and I'm not just talking about what happened at the tunnel. I'm just talking about the venom surrounding it and um so I, I don't know that that helps there it's not great for families um who travel at any distance i mean at night games are fairly inconsiderate for the attending public yes um, yes and, and those of us who cover the game too who like to get up before noon <laughs> yeah no i mean I, you know if if, if, if if i mean yeah no if it's a night game you know i will not go to bed before the sun is out i mean i'll be working all night and it, it kills your next day but those are small first world problems for a, and that's a, right. a sports writer with a pretty charm life. But <laughs> um, I, it is, yeah, there's, there's no doubt. It's, but even just for people, you know, in the Grand Rapids area, in the Detroit area, if you're coming from all up north to Chicagoland, the idea, I mean, it really requires staying somewhere and extra expense and time. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not, but it's not for the, the people. It's for the television. And it, that's where the resources and money are coming in and that's part of the new contract. And, you know, when you see things on campus that you like in uh, Olympic sports, for example, if they get a new volleyball practice facility, if you see areas where they're improving their resources to be competitive, well, that's the price. The price is the TV contract. The price is the night game that you've got to travel to and deal with. Um, it allows it allows the money that, that, that funds everything else. Yeah, that's that's the that's the world that we live in in college sports these days. Uh, talking with Graham Couch from Lansing State Journal, uh, talking about some Michigan State. I'm going to ask this question out of complete ignorance. I legitimately do not know anything on this. What is Michigan State's NIL situation like? Is it competitive? Is it healthy? Is it growing? Um, what, what, what's the status on that? Yeah, I mean it, it's competitive. It, it's different than some. Uh, you know, it's not um, like what you see in the SEC where there's a like Michigan State does not have, I mean, they, they sort of have a collective now, and they sort of have things that operate as, in in that sense, but they don't have the, the traditional collective that you see some places that, and, and they certainly aren't um, using the money and recruiting the way other places are. Uh, but their, you know, their basketball team, their top football guys are are doing just fine, and they have some big donors who have. Who've, you know, taking care of them on that front pretty well. And so, I mean, it's, it's a different world um, than it used to be. But, you know, there's a reason Tyson Walker comes back to Michigan State beyond his wanting to win a national championship. He'll, he'll probably make more at MSU next season than he could in Europe uh, for, for several years. So, like, that just 
you know that that didn't used to be the case, but you might as well stick around. Yeah, that that that's that's a very healthy perspective on that. I I, I can I can relate with that one. That one's good. Um, and the, the uh, so I got I got to come at this from a draft angle. I am a draft guy. I really really liked the way that Halliday ended last season. Is he going to continue progressing and be someone that I'm going to have my eyes on and looking for on Sundays, or is was that sort of a that meteoric rise? I, I remember I think there was one game where he had like 18 tackles. Um, it was all over the field. Was was holding his own in coverage. Is 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 that legit? Can I trust that? I don't know. I mean, I, I, he's a very productive college player, and I think he's a pretty intelligent college player. Um, and that can get you certain places with limited athleticism. Um, but, you know, like Max Bulla, for example, had very limited athleticism and had, you know, a little bit of time in the NFL. Um, despite that, because as Mike Vrabel just said, he was one of the smartest guys he ever he ever coached. Or they called him, I think, the smartest guy he ever coached. And so, it, you know, but Halliday has athletic limitations, there's no doubt. And so, you know, what that means at the next level, I don't know. But productivity gets noticed, and if you do it consistently, and I mean, I do think he'll get a shot. I don't know what that means in the NFL draft for him, um, but you know, he'll he'll get a look. Yeah, it's interesting me you bring that up because Ben Ben Van Sumeren got a, a lot of looks this past season. I'll, I'll be honest, I wasn't that impressed with what he did for the Spartans, but uh, his athleticism got him open some doors for him. So uh, it's kind of yeah, the he's, you know he's a better athlete than Halliday in that sense, no, no doubt know? about and, it. And so that. <laughs> And then, so that, 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 yeah, how, how he, his measurables are better, certainly. Yeah. Talking with Graham Couch, um, any lasting, lasting takeaway from, from Tucker? He, he, I thought he did a good job of, of avoiding gaffes, didn't say anything that was out of line or was, was something that would create headlines, which fr- from, from your media standpoint probably isn't too great. But I, I think from a program standpoint, he, he's doing, he's doing what he needs to do, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he was. I thought he was sort of a greater admission of how much building needed to be done. I, I just thought, like, you know, the idea that um, it was going to take a while to build depth, that he was dissuaded by some friends from taking the job initially, just sort of, you know, when, when you're coming off five and seven and it's taking a minute, you, you also have to sell that reality to people. And I don't think they did a great job of that before, and they probably would have been better off doing it um, because – you know, I, I've said all along, even when they were winning, that that you know, it, you can't. Ex- there are realistic expectations for him, given when he took the job in February, then the COVID year, when his actual first real recruiting class is. You, to me, you can't expect a ton until 2024 and really 2025, and that may seem like a long way. That's two years away now, but 2025 is the first year that his. Uh, initial recruiting class, a real recruiting class, will be junior, redshirt juniors and seniors in the program. So it would essentially be like a fourth year for most coaches, even though it'll be his sixth. And if you're going to hire a coach, you've you got to give them time. Now, there there might be red flags by then in terms of game management, in terms of how a season goes. There were some things last year that weren't great, and those are a, that's a whole separate issue. But, uh, you know, he was hired in large part to recruit at a different level than they had recruited. And they've done that to some degree. And you really have to give, uh, you know, if you're chasing that dream, you have to give it time to to manifest. 
Yeah, you got to let those players that, that are the high recruits develop. Um, we talked about yeah. Levitt, Levitt a little bit earlier. Um, he could have played a lot of places and could have walked in and, and played a lot of places, but the fact that they're sort of slow burning him along, uh, I, I think that's healthy for, for the target time that you laid out there of 2024, 2025, and beyond. You know, that, that whole recruiting in COVID, I think, was... Well, obviously, it's a big deal with, with Michigan, but uh, it, it's, it, it has fundamentally changed the way that coaches have to approach things. Um, and I would say, again, I don't follow recruiting heavily, but I, I, I just I know some people that are in that world. And Michigan State's getting better there. Um, and, and is that something that you see like Tucker building momentum with, you know, continuing to, to improve as a recruiter and maybe you know, expanding the national footprint a little bit? Yeah, I mean, his his classes the last couple of years have been in line with D'Antonio's best class. And and so that's, you know, that that's in terms of just, you know, recruiting rankings and stars and things like that. Uh, D'Antonio had some classes where kids really developed or they uncovered some guys that and wound up being really great classes. But uh, and so that, you know, I mean, he's being judged on a different plane in that sense. And um, I, yeah, I don't think there's any question that that they've been they've been decent now they've they've had some swings and misses against the top kids but they're also going against up against certain four kids that maybe they didn't in the past yeah uh talking with graham couch from lansing state journal get you out of here on this this is something that i was asked about uh, on I, I do regular spots in columbus uh, on a radio station down there and when it happened they asked me about it and about, about the reaction i'm curious if, if mel tucker addressed it at all the the game that's going to be in ford field with penn state uh, that rankled some feathers around the rest of the Big Ten. Uh, is did he say anything about that down in Indianapolis this week? You know, he did. It wasn't anything. It was just that you know this is you know, and he might have if I missed it. But the, the, what I, what I recall is just something that you know they're the game is there. They're going to play it, and they're looking forward to it. I think he was all for it. Uh, frankly, I mean, I think his players, even though fans don't love it, the idea of NFL facility, all that stuff, is something you know kids like. And and so it, it's often a cold weekend. The fans, depending on the season, don't always show out at Spartan Stadium quite as well on Thanksgiving weekend. Students are away, all that stuff. Um, it depends on the season, of course. Uh, but yeah, and and I do think it'll, it'll be a one-time thing. I do for a couple reasons. One, there was some pushback. Um, yes, and it took definitely. Some with the in, <laughs> and it took some moving with the MHSA and and their uh, you know state football championship stuff. And then the other thing that's going to probably happen within a couple of years before they would, you know, even have this situation again is that the schedule is going to move uh, up a week um, because of the college football playoff. And the Big Ten championship will be that weekend, but there will be no regular season games anyway. And so the Thanksgiving issue won't, won't, won't really exist anymore. Yeah, that's it. That makes sense from a. If I were being recruited by Michigan State, and you're telling me that I had a chance to go play in Ford Field, I would be all for that. But I yeah. also understand the the MHSAA angle and the the other angles that are that are against it too. But uh, that's what, what's your personal feeling on that? Do you like it or are you kind of against it? Oh yeah, I'm actually. I I, I thought to do it once, try it once, wasn't a bad idea. If you're ever going to do it, that's the game. Um, I mean, I understand the idea that people have their traditions. Giving up a game at Spartan Stadium isn't great. The schedule, the home schedule, that's one of the best games on this year's home schedule. Um, but they also did a decent job of making tickets available uh, for that game. And 
it's a weird weekend anyway. It was going to be on a Friday night. You know, it's a weekend that's Thanksgiving. People are out of their rhythms anyway. Uh, I think, you know, it could be nice to be toasty with a beer in hand in Ford Field rather than freezing and sober in Spartan Stadium. <laughs> that's, so, uh, let me ask you, is, are they going to be able to sell beer at Spartans games, or, or does that not happen? It's it, At some point, that's going to happen. I don't know if it'll be in place in time this year. Okay. Um, and uh, But it will, I mean, Alan Haller's made it clear they want that. It's just when things went down, how quickly you have vendors in place and all the logistics of it. I, I don't know if it'll be this football season. Okay, that's good to know. Um, I I have very mixed feelings on that. That we're, we're going to have to talk at another time on that because uh, Graham, you have stuff to do. You got you got reporting to do. Uh, Graham Couch from the Lansing State Journal. It has been a pleasure to finally talk to you. I listen to you on the Huge Show all the time. It's it's a great pleasure for me to talk to you uh, and and meet you virtually this way. So thank you for joining us. No, I enjoyed it. Anytime. Take care. Love that guy. He's so good. When you told me that you could get him for me, I was like, really? That's great. He'll talk to me? That's awesome. A lot, lot of good information from Graham Couch there on Michigan State football, where they're looking at and where they're heading to. When we come back, we're going to... I'm putting my I'm putting my Detroit Lions hat back on. I got two of them in my bag right there. I don't know which one I'm gonna put on, but I'm gonna put them put them maybe I'll put them both on and we'll just talk some Lions for a while when we get back on the huge show. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. In 2022, there were over 300,000 crashes on Michigan roads, over 10,000 more than the previous year. Crashes happen, but so does safe driving. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police wants to remind you that traffic safety affects everyone in our state. Every minute on the road is another opportunity to do the right thing for you, for your family, and for every other family in Michigan. 300,000 is 300,000 too many. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Make it a million-dollar summer with over a million in premium play every Saturday now through September. Six lucky players win $500 premium play every half hour from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Don't miss the excitement of Million Dollar Summer. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Bill Simonson here for my good friends from Westside Beer Distributing. Now, they're proud to support the Folds of Honor Scholarship Program, benefiting the families of fallen and injured soldiers and our first responders. Folds of Honor provides scholarships for education to ensure our heroes' children can attend college. And Westside Beer Distributing has contributed over $100,000 since the program started and will be donating another $15,000 this summer to the Folds of Honor to help a local hero's child. Anheuser-Busch, which is the Folds of Honor's longest-standing partner, has donated over $21 million to the cause. Budweiser and Bud Light will continue to honor Folds of Honor this summer with special edition 16-ounce aluminum bottles. Look for them at a bar, restaurant, or retailer near you and support this great cause. 
fuel up for less with M-Perks. Earn points on your purchases when you shop at Meyer in-store and online. Then use your points to claim a fuel reward and save at the pump. Your dollar goes further at the pump with M-Perks. Plus, earn points for all qualifying purchases in the Meyer Express Station. And keep a lookout for exclusive Meyer Express offers. Enter your M-Perks ID at checkout to earn. Exclusions apply. Not valid in Wisconsin. Max 30 gallons. Download the Meyer app to sign up or see Meyer.com to learn more. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Just keep playing that. Bring some metal. Sorry for all of you that I just scared with the the growl. Um, my natural singing voice. This is Jeff Risen uh, filling in for the huge show. By the way, you might wonder otherwise. Uh, I'm the managing editor of the Lions Wire and the Draft Wire for USA Today, and a co-host on the Detroit Lions podcast. I'm also a metal enthusiast, uh, and I love some growl. Uh, but uh, my natural singing. So my go-to karaoke song is Megadeth's "Sweating Bullets." Uh, and I, I, I put on a show with it because I, I don't have any musical ability at all. My, my voice sounds somewhere between like Dave Mustaine of Megadeth and like Lemmy from Motorhead. Uh, it's, it's just really bad. My kids beg me not to sing or scream or really talk. Uh, let's get back to some football because that's like uh, as much as I would love to, to, to be, put on my, my Jose Mangan hat and talk some metal. We're going to talk some football. Uh, by the way, a, a little bit of breaking news in the NFL world, um, and, and this will tie it into the Lions here, but uh, Joe Burrow, Bengals quarterback, one of one of the brightest stars in the game, carted off from Bengals practice today. Uh, now, before you overreact, before you Bengals fans out there drive into your neighbors, um, don't do that. He wound up having just what, what sounds like a strained calf, um, and uh, it, it's nothing serious. He didn't, didn't blow out his knee or anything like that, but... Uh, Probably won't see Joe Burrow in the preseason, uh, and that's that's not unusual for Joe Burrow. Um, if look, I love the guy, um, as somebody who went to college at Athen- in Athens, Ohio, at Ohio U, uh, his dad was our offensive coordinator for a long time. Uh, he he, like that is not a place where there's a lot of football talent um, in Athens, Ohio, Appalachian area down there, and he has risen out of that to become a, a fantastic NFL star and a great guy. Uh, and we, we wish we wish Joe Burrow a speedy recovery because uh, he's the NFL is better when when the stars are healthy and it leads me into we had a cart situation earlier this week in Detroit and it was one of those situations where everybody's breath just oh no no CJ Gardner Johnson prized free agent our starting nickelback slot corner slash free safety but but more than just what he brings to the 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 field as a player he's an attitude guy he is a tone setter he is a verbose like he's going to get into it he's going to make everybody be on edge all the time and that's something that the lions wanted they wanted a little bit more they wanted to be less fun to play against on the defensive side of the ball. And and C.J. Gardner-Johnson, by the way, don't call him Chauncey. He hates that. 
it's CJ. He, he legally changed his name to CJ from Chauncey. Don't call him Chauncey. Um, he's CJ, Gardner Johnson. But he got carted off, and it sounded really, really bad. Uh, that was Monday morning in, in practice. And uh, non-contact injury, which instantly sets off the flags. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Knee. Hamstring. Watching, watching, maybe his quad detached for all we know. Um, but we have seen that happen to a guy. It's awful. It, it, it's it's vomit inducing when you see it. Uh, I saw it in a pickup basketball game when I lived in Houston. A guy who who probably juiced a little too much, uh, planted on a jump stop, and the the hamstring went up like a like a window shutter. It was it was it was gruesome. But I digress. None of that happened with C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He wound up being okay. We might see him at practice this weekend. Uh, but it's it's between that and Joe Burrow, and there's been some other injuries. Jalen Ramsey got hurt, um, was was involved in an injury in Dolphins practice today. Injuries are the one thing that you really can't account for or compensate for. Like, you try to have as good a depth as you can. And, and in Detroit, I, I applaud the Lions for drafting Brian Branch, who is sort of an understudy protege type player for for Gardner Johnson who's here on a one-year deal um and and by the way this this came up when he signed and also came up a little bit around the draft time Gardner Johnson specifically wanted to come to Detroit and he specifically wanted a one-year deal he did not want to be locked into a place where there could be a coaching change or if it's not working or if it doesn't fit more and more players are doing this they are looking for more signing bonuses, more guaranteed money, rather than longer-term contracts where their agents happen to get a bigger cut because they get paid on the percentage of the entire deal. Players are taking they're, they're taking more autonomy, more ownership over that. And Gardner Johnson is, is one of those guys. Uh, he's probably going to be signing a lot of one-year contracts that could be more in Detroit. We don't know that yet, but uh, that, 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 that's where that came from. But, you know... As good as Brian Branch is going to be, and I'll tell you, I think he's going to be great. He was a guy that I, every year, we do the what I would do mock draft. Brian Branch, defensive back Alabama, was my pick for the Lions at number 18. And they got him later. They got him around later. I am very, very bullish on what Brian Branch is going to bring to this team as a guy who played all over the secondary. Uh, he played outside corner at Alabama. He played the star role, which is sort of their box um, slot safety uh, corner role, um, which is primarily what he's going to do in Detroit, at least early on. He also played the money role, which is sort of... Uh, Michigan fans will remember Jabril Peppers playing that role, uh, that sort of box linebacker hybrid safety role. And he's big enough to do that, and he's a great enough tackler to do that. But... Uh, He's the point is he's not CJ Gardner Johnson and it, all the all the hype that we've got all you know the huge man here talking about winning 13 14 games he's he's at 13 and four right right Brett 13 and four I, I'm not there yet I'm, I I can't get there I can't um, we we did that a couple weeks ago when I sat in here with him and, and Eric Zane and uh, went game by game and uh, I was the low man in the total pool and I got to 10 or 11 uh, which is great. But the injuries are such a thing that you can't account for. And there's there are a few players on the Lions they absolutely cannot lose. Jared Goff is obviously the, the, the big one. Um, look, even if they bring in Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater is not Jared Goff. He's just not. Teddy Two Gloves, good good backup, not a guy that you want starting more than two or three games for you. You know, Goff is Goff is that guy, and you can't lose him. 
I, I think the, both offensive tackles specifically for this team, Panay Sewell on the right side, Taylor Decker on the left side, some of it is the fact that both those guys are really dang good at their jobs. Sewell is one of the brightest young stars in the game on the offensive line. Decker has really stabilized and solidified himself as a top 10 left tackle. Uh, I would argue he's top five in the last couple of seasons. He's He's been really, really good, folks. Uh, I, I know I know there's people out there that, that will never embrace him because he played in that school down south, but uh, he's a good football player. Uh, and the the other thing with that is is not just that they're good, but I and, and I've talked about this with, with Bill when I was in here. To me, backup offensive tackle is still the biggest hole on the team. No offense to Matt Nelson, but I just haven't seen it from the guy. Look, and, and this was a guy who was playing defensive tackle at Iowa until his final year there. They're 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 converting him, and the conversion just. I won't say it's gone poorly, but it hasn't produced a guy that that I or many others have a lot of confidence in and filling in other than as a sixth offensive lineman or as a you know short term like, oh, you know, Panay blew out his shoe, so you got to have a guy fill in for a series here. Uh, that's about the comfort level that I have with Matt Nelson. They brought in um, and, and our, our great guest from earlier, Eric Schlitt from POD, talked about him. Jermaine Effetti, a veteran, came in. Um, you might remember him from um, giving up a lot of sacks of Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago, uh, giving up a lot of sacks to uh, to Russell Wilson in, in Seattle back in the day. He had some issues in Cincinnati as well. Uh, Jermaine Effetti is not great. He's experienced, but he's not a guy that you want on the field uh, so much, if at all. Uh, and, and if you do want him, you probably want him at guard more than tackle. Obena Ezi from last year, great guy, fun. You know, he, he did a good good turn on, on hard knocks, but uh, it's, it's just not there for him. It just hasn't been working. So uh, I, I stay healthy, please. That, please stay healthy. And look, it's great to have depth. It's even better to have depth and not have to use it. And hopefully the Lions can get a little bit of a break. Because last year, remember, we're, we're talking about we talked about Charles Harris earlier in the show, getting a lot of run as a starter. The only reason that that you know James Houston got into the game last year was because Charles Harris got hurt, had a lot of injuries. We we missed Halapula Vadi Vitae, the right tackle, all last season. Had times where where you know other DeAndre Swift in and out of the lineup. That's why he's now out in Philadelphia. Because the Lions got tired of him being unreliable, among among other things, that wasn't wasn't the only reason why they they gave up on Swift. But uh, you know, having having your starters and having your important players stay healthy, that's that's the caveat. That's that's the the envelope over everything else. Where if you don't have that, all the all the talent, all the prognostications, all the all the hallelujah blue Kool Aid that we're all guzzling right now, and and I do have. See, it, yesterday my, my mine was reddish. Today it's it's blue, baby. Uh, Brett will Brett will verify. Producer Brett will uh, will, will validate that. Uh, and I've drank it all. The bottle's empty. I got to get another one. Yeah, in the break that's going up here. But uh, the health scares. Be careful not to jump to conclusions because there was um, one particular individual on Twitter, and I won't grace his presence by announcing his name, but came at me almost instantly. Oh my God, the season's over. CJ Garner Johnson, why can't they stay healthy? Why does every good player that comes to Detroit ever get hurt? Like, don't be that guy. Have have a little perspective, have a little break, have have breathe a little bit. You know, I'm sure Cincinnati fans, you know, with the Joe Burrow situation, we're going nuts. Like, you gotta 
you got to let things play out a little bit, um, and you're gonna you're gonna see. Inj- I will. I guarantee you that in the next four days that I am at at Detroit Lions practice uh, before they have another day off, I will see a player get hurt, and that player will probably might might even be a season ending injury. That it just happens. You just pray that it's not somebody that's critically important to the team's success. You pray that it's it's not a a career ending injury because those are the worst. Uh, you, you hate seeing that. Um, old friend Jared Davis, linebacker with the Giants, already out for the season. Uh, injured his knee in, in an OTA workout, and they, they put him on injury reserve already. You hate to see that. And, and the longer that I've done this, and I've been, I've been covering the NFL and the NFL draft for over 20 years now, the more I really despise injuries. And, and God, it, it sucks so bad because you, you see these players, and you see them at camp, and, and you get, you know, little kid running out to daddy after practice you know the wife's there the family the parents are there sometimes um and and to see that dream die because of injury it, it's horrible there there's no worse feeling there's no there is no glory in covering that there is no fun in reporting on those things uh, and it's it's something that i hope that i can convey to fans here and you all listening on the huge show across michigan and, and those of you streaming from elsewhere and around the country um especially those of you in in my hometown of Vermilion, Ohio. Hi, mom. Got to get the hi, mom in there. Got to do it. Uh, mom's been mom's been good to me. Uh, but you, you really don't want to see the injuries like that. <sighs> Pray to that it's not anybody critical. Um, stay healthy, Panay. I love Panay. I love Panay Sewell so much. Sam Laporta is apparently working to that way too with a, as the rookie tight end. Another guy that you really can't lose because there's nobody on the depth chart that can replace what he misses. We're going to talk some more Lions football throughout the rest of the show, but. In the 5 o'clock hour, we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, and I'll explain why I haven't been at Lions Camp yet, and it, it, it involves travel sports and being with my son and having a lot of fun with that. Uh, we're going to get to that at, in, in, at the start of the third hour. We're going to come back. We'll talk a little bit more Lions. Uh, I got a couple of interesting tweets that came across on the line that uh, I'll, I'll do a little question and answer with that, too. So when we get back on the huge show, more Lions. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Hey, it's Brett from the Michigan Sports Network for my friends on the DraftKings Casino app. So if you're a fan of the classic casino games like roulette, slots, and blackjack, well, look no further than the DraftKings Casino app because you can find those games and exclusive games you can't find anywhere else. Plus, they've got a great deal going on for new customers who deposit at least $5 signing up with promo code HUGE. So if you do that, you'll get a match on your first deposit and score up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. And after that, you can start playing online on your time, in your space, and within your means. It's also safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you're ready. Just download the DraftKings Casino app now and sign up with promo code HUGE, and you'll get a match on that first deposit of $5 or more, up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. Only on DraftKings Casino with promo code HUGE. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up, Michigan only, one per opted-in customer. Minimum $5 deposit, max match $2,000. Deposit and bonus amount require 15 times playthrough within 30 days. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash players choice. Restrictions apply. 
Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news press releases and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com at MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive boys and girls high school sports MHSAA.com TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. We played for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older than Michigan to play. Drive for a cause at Mini on the Mac on August 4th and 5th. Hundreds of Mini Cooper owners will come together at the world-famous Mackinac Bridge. You can register now at MiniOnTheMac.com to be a part of this one-of-a-kind event. That's MiniOnTheMac.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back to The Huge Show across Michigan. Wrapping up Hour 2 today. This is Jeff Risden sitting in for Bill today. And I want to just want to share real quick, I test drove a new car today. I'm in the market for a new car. Uh, mine is slowly, well, not so slowly dying anymore. One of the things that I noticed about it, didn't get AM radio. So, for those of you who are listening on, uh, like, WFYC, uh, 1280 and the Alma Mount Pleasant area, those of you who listen in Holland on Holland's hometown station, which where I live, WHCC 1450, uh, I know you can listen on 99.7, but there, there's going to be a time when AM radio is no longer functional in your car. So, you need to learn... And today's a great day to do it, because if you're listening to this live, you're probably listening to it on the stream anyways. But for those of you who who are catching it on a market where the Tigers are not playing a doubleheader, learn to use the Michigan sports, the link that's on the Michigan sports. uh, Easy for me to say, Michigan sports website. You can also find it on the iHeart app. Search the huge show. Get used to doing that if you're buying a new car, because apparently AM radio isn't available anymore. When we come back for the 5 o'clock hour, uh, we're going to talk some some amateur sports and a little bit more Lions. Thanks for listening to The Huge Show. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Thursdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are brought to you by Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Garter. At the end of the year, they'll be merging with Dorn Mayhew from the east side of the state, and they'll be stronger together. They can help your business from retirement planning, payroll, audits, tax help, and more. 
Go to BeanGarter.com to find out about the merger and also how Bean Garter is stronger together with Dorn Mayhew. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. Thursdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are presented by Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Garter. the huge show for those of you just joining us getting in your cars driving home streaming along on the app since you might not have an am radio in your car anymore as we just talked about this is jeff risen sitting in for the huge one today uh been here yesterday and today heading to lions camp tomorrow so i won't be back tomorrow i don't know i don't know bill will be will bill be bill will be back tomorrow good good hope you're enjoying yourself hope uh Hope uh, Mr. Huge is uh, doing well out there. Been talking some football, uh, a lot of football, uh, and uh, just uh, so before we we left in the last segment, we talked about uh, Joe Burrow going down today, uh, and uh, it looked. I, I just watched the play uh, that he went down, and there's there's video of it. It doesn't look good at all. But uh, apparently, the initial prognosis, much like C.J. Gardner Johnson with the Lions, when you hear carted off. Your, your head races to some dark places, but apparently it's going to be okay. Uh, but don't expect to see Joe Burrow again before the Bengals kick off their regular season on September 10th. Lions kick off on September 7th. Easy for me to remember that because it's my wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary early, honey. You won't see me that day. <laughs> it might be in Kansas City. It's <laughs> the way it works. The life of a sports writer. But that's, that's the fun part of, of life. So I wanted to spend this time. Uh, I'm going I'm to be a little self indulgent here and talk about my experience and and the the impetus for this is why I haven't been at, at Lions training camp, uh, which started in earnest on Sunday. I spent the last weekend with my son, uh, who's going to be a senior in high school this year, in his final AAU basketball tournament, and it was an emotional experience for for both of us. Um, my wife, his mom came down, watched as well. His little sister came down for one of the days as well. We were in Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, and watched a very significant portion of our collective lives come to a close. And it's 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 a tough, it, it was emotional. Uh, he played great, very proud of him. Uh, his last ever shot in a game, he hit a three uh, down, down four with 15 seconds left to go. My son, who's a big man, he's six foot nine, uh, hit a three to bring it within one. Unfortunately, it didn't didn't pan out. They lost the game, lost lost their last game, as often happens. And uh, uh, but it was it was it got me thinking. Uh, and so then we drove from there, uh, from Fort Wayne, Indiana, to a college visit and recruiting camp. Uh, and I'm happy to say that my son did pull an offer from the camp, which we're very excited about. Uh, very good offer. We're, we're pretty stoked on that one, but uh, no, no commitment at all yet. But we're we're looking. But it's, it's fun. But the drive there got me thinking a lot about how much investment we have put in time and emotion and blood, blood sweat, and tears, um, literally all three, into being a, a travel sports parent. Um, our particular sport is basketball with my son. My daughter plays both basketball and volleyball at, at the travel level, um, and it's 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 what we do. 
It's, it is our lives. Uh, my wife and I have not had a, like, just vacation for ourselves in years. Uh, my son started playing travel ball in seventh grade uh, in Fort Wayne. He actually ended where he, where he started. Um, that, that was, that was kind of cool. But we learned a lot of things over the years, and I wanted to try to impart a little bit of wisdom or whatever, whatever you want to call it, uh, experiences that we had that, that might be able to help you if you're someone that's going to be jumping into that world or just getting into that world. Or maybe you're somebody that went through it already and you're fresh out of college now or you're, you know, remembering your time traveling around the, around the Midwest uh, playing soccer or softball or uh, golf, tennis, what, whatever sport. And you can, you can get to levels in sports and anything. But uh, a couple of the key things that I've learned over the years, um, and it's like my, my son is blessed to be a, a very good basketball player. He played at different levels of basketball. He played on a Nike EYBL team uh, where he went down to Georgia and competed. Um, LeBron James was actually courtside at the game before his. Uh, with Bronny James uh, playing in the game before him. By the way, Bronny's all, all right. Um, if you heard about him having his cardiac issue, he's fine. He's out of the hospital. Um, but uh, one of the things that we learned um, from, from being at that level and then also playing at a lower level, um, lower travel team level, and then sort of the mid-level, which is the, the team that he was just on, Every player on that team will play D2 or high D3 basketball. Um, and there are a couple of guys on there, my son being one of them, who will get some D1 looks. Uh, but in general, that's, that's, that's that level. That's the level below the shoe contracts. One of the things that we found is that the parents' involvement, it, it's inversely proportional to the, the, the parent experience is inversely proportional to the skill level. At the top level, the EYBL, EYBL level in volleyball. It's the national uh, travel level. Um, and I'm blessed that my daughter is at that. The parents are generally pretty good. We're pretty supportive. There's not a lot of yelling at other other players. We all know why we're there. We're there to support our kid. And a lot of times sports parents get a really bad rap. And I will say that that happens at the lower levels, uh, kind of the, the level where your, your, your kid in, in basketball is somebody who's going to be playing in high school, but not probably playing in college. And at that level, that's where the parents are the most hostile. I found that when we're watching those games, that's when the officials take the most grief. It's the that so mind yourself on that. And, and one of the one, and this was told to me by one of his AAU coaches back in the day. Shout out to Shondale Walton, um, great guy, great basketball coach. Thank you, Shondale, for everything you did for my son. Uh, he said. Cheer for your own kid. Don't cheer against other kids. And that's something that I I want and cannot stress enough. It makes it so much easier when you're sitting in the stands. If you're rooting for your kid and advocating for your kid, and you can do that without denigrating, without yelling at, without being hostile or negative towards other players, especially the ones on your own team, don't be that guy. And that's something that my son took note of. And it was one of the things that, I, you know, I, when, I, when we talked about it in the car ride, he's like, yeah, the, the, the parents who, who rooted against us, that was really bad. He didn't like that. So try and, and remember to focus on your own kid and not other kids because you don't know where, you don't know those kids' backgrounds. You don't know those kids' 
hopes and dreams. You don't know the pressures that are on them. You don't understand the team dynamics that come with being on other teams. There's just so much in it. If you just stay positive about your own kid or just let the, let the and this is one of the other things that, that my son stressed, and I cannot stress this enough, and this is applicable to every sport. Let your coaches coach your kid. If you don't trust the men or women who are leading your son or daughter into competition on their team, you're on the wrong team. It's not for you. If you don't have that switch, get out uh, because that's that's not helping anybody. And one, one of the one of the one of the weird lessons that we learned was that there's not a lot of loyalty in the world of travel sports, especially at the higher levels. You bounce around a lot. But finding a coach that does what you want them to do, whether it's skill development, whether it's confidence building, like travel sports are great, even for kids that aren't going to play in in college, even ones that are like low-level high school players that just want to get out and socialize. It's great for that. I cannot encourage you enough to get your kid on a team or get your kid, if, if he's like a tennis player, just get him in where he can go and hit with other kids. Uh, it's fun. It builds confidence. And there are a lot of coaches that are really good about doing that. There are some that aren't. If your child isn't responding to the coach that, that is given to them, try out somewhere else. Move along. Don't make your kid miserable. Don't make your kid hate the sport. Uh, because we have seen that. Um, I'm blessed that it didn't happen with my kids, but there was a teammate of my son's uh, on his eighth grade his eighth grade basketball team, and there are a few of you in Grand Rapids. <laughs> there, there was 10 kids on the team. Uh, eight of you who are listening know exactly who I'm talking about. He was miserable, and he was a, a, an energy vampire because he was so... He and the coach just didn't get along, but more to the point... His father and the coach didn't get along, and it was not hidden, and it was awkward. Get out of that situation, man. It's just not, it's not worth that. That was one of the other things that we learned um, traveling around all over the place. Uh, obviously, from a logistical standpoint, find a hotel chain. Um, mine happens to be Holiday Inn because my first job out of college, I managed a front desk at a Holiday Inn, and I got Boku points back then, and I'm still burning them. Uh, when I when I uh, before I got into uh, the the sports reporting business, I was also a, a road warrior. I I traveled a lot for work, uh, and I have uh, a lot of Holiday Inn IHG points. You can do it with any of them, but you're you're going to be traveling a lot. You're gonna be spending a lot of time in hotels. Make sure you're trying to go to the same chain all the time or same group, whether it's the Hilton Group, Marriott Group, whatever. Um, that that's because I will tell you. Oh, geez. How many times have I been to Louisville? Way too many. Indianapolis. Anybody who's been in, in any sport has probably been to West Park, Indiana. Grand Park down there in Indianapolis, the north side. You're going to be traveling a lot. Understand that it's it's part of your commitment of being a, a travel sports parent. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of you who have gone through this and are coming up the other side are laughing like, yeah, man, I remember being I remember being in Grand Park. I remember being in downtown Indianapolis. I remember going to Columbus a lot. I remember being at Spooky Nook down in Cincinnati, which is a fantastic basketball venue that uh, that just opened. Like, there's there's so much. It's so much fun. Um, if your kid is interested at all in sports, in making friends in developing confidence in themselves. I cannot stress youth sports enough. Travel sports are fantastic for it. 
but you do have to find the right fit. My son, uh, again, was blessed to have fantastic coaches. There was one situation where his team was unstable. It's probably the the diplomatic way to say it. Uh, And he left it and found a group of guys uh, that were fantastic. And it wound up being a, a wonderful experience for him. Don't be afraid to move if it's not working out. Is is then that that's it's hard because you want to also instill loyalty, and that's 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 a big family value for us is being loyal to people who have given you a chance. And when we were forced to go against that, it was a very difficult time. Uh, it wound up working out, and we're we're grateful for that. But uh, it you can't stay in the bad situation. You don't you don't stay you don't stay in a bad marriage. You don't stay in a bad job. Don't stay in a bad AAU situation. Don't stay in a bad travel sports situation. One of the other things that comes up, um, aside from the, the parenting, is officiating. And this is something that I find near and dear because, uh, as and my, my kids know this, when my daughter graduates high school, she's class of 2027, I'm going to become a full-time sports official at the high school or middle school level. It's something that I have wanted to do for a while but I'm not going to miss my kids' experiences in, in their sports, so I'm, I'm putting it off until then. But that will be my my side gig, uh, and you can you can actually make a lot of money doing it. Uh, talked we talked with a official this weekend, who last year officiating volleyball, basketball, and a little bit of track and field made fifty seven thousand dollars. Now, he had a whole boatload of 1099s and W9s and all that. It, it, it gets taxed hard. You can make a living doing that. And remember, these are people doing a job. They are not out to get your son or daughter. Although there's one dude. That, oh, there's always one. There's always one. And my daughter knows who it is. She's, I'm, I'm sure, Lizzie Lee, you know what I'm talking about, right, Liz? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Be good to the refs. They're they're doing their job. They're doing their best. They're doing, quite frankly, there there's not enough of them, and there's not, that's one of the reasons why I'm going to get into it. It's put yourself in their shoes for a second uh, before you scream at them. Now, I I I will raise my hand. I am a yeller at times. When the logistics of the game, when the when the fundamental procedures of the game get screwed up, i.e. You're not counting a two-pointer as a three-pointer, and you're counting it as a two-pointer. Um, if you're not allow, if you're allowing a kid to travel off of a static inbound play, I hate that. Oh, I hate that. I hate that so much. I'm shaking it. Brett, Brett, producer Brett will verify. I am shaking in anger at that. That really, really bothers me. But you got to kind of let that go sometimes. But like decisions, judgment calls, it's their judgment. Their judgments might be different than yours. You gotta, you gotta accept that and move on. And uh, it, it's hard. It, it's, it's good for your own personal growth too, as a parent. Oh, it's just sad that it's coming to an end. But I, I, it, it's nothing but positive memories. We've had so many good trips, uh, and it, it's, it's something that I would strongly encourage all of you to do if your children show any inclination towards any sport, or get them, get them involved in it. Let them do it. Let them fail. That's the other thing, and that's something that my son also stressed to me on on our drive out of Fort Wayne and our drive back home to Grand Rapids the other night, was that he's not the best, and that's okay. 
he wasn't the best player on some of the teams that he was on. Um, certainly not the EYBL team that he was on. It was okay for him to learn and to be around players that were better than him, and that made him better. Um, getting torn around in practice, like he, he played on a team. Uh, we'll, we'll go a little uh, travel basketball here. He played on a team with the number one recruit in the state of Michigan, Darrell Fat Fat Brooks. Uh, that was the point guard out of uh, Grand Rapids Central Catholic. Um, Catholic Central, sorry. Central Catholic's where I came from. <laughs> in my home. Merritt Aldering from, from Zeeland West, good friend of, of my son's, um, is the number three recruit right now uh, in one of the, the polls. They were on the team together. Uh, they had a kid on the team, Trey McKenney, played up. Orchard Lake St. Mary's, number one player in the state of, of Michigan in the class of 25. My son didn't fit with them. That's not that's not the world that he he's inhabited. He held his own, but he wasn't a difference maker at that. But he learned from that. And sometimes sometimes it's going to happen where you realize, okay, my my kid's not he's not going to he's not going to Michigan. He's not going to Notre Dame. He's not going to the Northwestern to play sports. And that's okay. There are great opportunities out there. And when he went back down to the level that he was more acclimated at, like playing with primarily D2 players, there are some players that he played with and against who are going to be playing at Mac schools, at Horizon schools, at Missouri Valley schools, but not, not people that are going to be watching regularly on TV. That was his level. He found it, and he was happy there. Let your kid find their level. Even if it's a low level, you know, you're getting skunked by teams. It's okay. They're playing. They're out there, they're, they're learning life lessons. They're being coached. They're learning how to interact with other people. They're learning how to deal with adversity, how to handle failure. That's critical. And we, we, we live in a, in a country where there's you know, too, much, too much coddling, too much you know, you know, trying to, to protect feelings. Life's hard, man. The, the, the easier that you can adapt when life is hard, that's a great life skill to have, and travel sports do that. So there, there's a ton of – I could go on and on and on about this, and I won't, I won't, I won't keep boring you with it, but it, it's, it was something that was very emotionally significant to me, and I know that it's that way for a lot of other people. Um, uh, shout out to Mark Strzok over in Chesseting. His son Mason played on my, on my son's team. Uh, we had a great talk this weekend about our, our daddom and being, uh, <laughs> being sports as and, and that chapter coming to an end. It's a very difficult time, and uh, I just want to say, if if you're one of those parents that's struggling with that or have questions about it, hit me up on Twitter, at Jeff Risen. That's R-I-S-D-O-N. Uh, you can hit me up on Threads. Uh, I am actually am active on Threads um, because I don't really know what's going on with Twitter or X or whatever they want to call it these days. <laughs> but uh, uh, I am Jeff Riz, uh 19 at uh, on Threads. Uh, but if, if you need advice on it, like, be open about it. Uh, it, it's it's a great time for your kids. They will cherish it forever. I don't know any kid that's coming out of it that said, man, I wish I wouldn't have played sports like that. So uh, my life as a sports dad um, with one of my kids is over, uh, and I'm very sad about that, but I uh, still have my daughter. Um, in fact, we're just going to play some high school volleyball tonight. Got beach volleyball this weekend. It, it doesn't stop. But for, uh, one other thing with it, just to, to wrap it up, you know, my son is done with I, I really enjoyed traveling with him and experiencing with him all that we did we got to travel to some great places uh, we've been to Philadelphia we've been to the Jersey Shore we've been Houston uh, Chicago so many places that's those are memories that we're always going to have 
and their fond memories. And we're going to remember a lot of the things that weren't sports related on those trips. So if your kid has any interest at all, you're going to make life memories. It's going to be a bonding experience. It's something that's very positive for you. It might not always turn out the way you want it, but that's okay. We'll be back on the huge show. We're going to switch. We'll, we'll, we'll put the Detroit Lions hat back on for a little bit uh, going on. But uh, again, this is Jeff Risden filling in for the huge show today. When we come back, more Lions. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. In the Den with Dan Dickerson. Step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sportsbook app that you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today at Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. When Shohei Otani was 18, he announced his intentions to become the first Japanese player to go directly from high school to professional baseball in the U.S. And it was that declaration that set the wheels in motion that had made him the only true two-way player in Major League history. Because of his announced intentions, every Japanese team stayed away from him in their draft except one, the Nippon Ham Fighters. They convinced Otani the only way for him to be a two-way player in the U.S. was first to show he could do it in Japan. Otani agreed and after five years of becoming a great hitter and pitcher in Japan, he created the leverage to get a guarantee from an American team that he would only sign as a two-way player. He got that chance with the Angels. He's now the best player in the game and it's unlikely we'll ever see anything like it again. Huge here for Matt Golden and his team at the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. They just got exciting news. Tullymore once again has been ranked as one of America's top 100 greatest public golf courses by Golf Digest. Number 73 in America. And you can experience Tullymore if you've never played before. You need to get up there. There's a Tullymore Golf Course, St. Ives, 36 holes, great stay and play accommodations, or if if you just want to book a tea time, Tullymore is less than an hour north of GR. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That is TullymoreGolf.com. You can book a tea time for this summer. Stay and play package throughout the end of the year or even look ahead to 2024. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. And congrats to everybody at Tullymore for being named one of America's top 100 greatest public golf courses by Golf Digest. We played for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Drive for a Cause at Mini on the Mac on August 4th and 5th. Hundreds of Mini Cooper owners will come together to experience a unique trip across the world-famous Mackinac Bridge. Mini on the Mac also raises vital funds for biomedical research at Van Andel Institute in Grand Rapids. Not only will you have a great time, but you'll also be supporting a great cause. Register now at MiniOnTheMac.com to be a part of this one-of-a-kind event. That's MiniOnTheMac.com. Register today. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Feeling good. 
it on the huge show across Michigan. Got a couple segments left here. This is Jeff Risen sitting in for the huge one. We'll be back tomorrow on Friday. Thanks to all of you for spending your afternoon with me. Or if you're listening to this later because the Tigers were on, probably losing on your local radio affiliate, then uh, you're listening to this on the app or on the podcast, which producer Brett Hayes will get up spiffily right after the show. He does a fantastic job of doing that. Um, Thanks for that. I am headed over, as soon as we're done here, I'm actually driving over to Detroit tonight to uh, set up my base camp, and I will be at Lions training camp for the rest of the summer, basically. (laughs) We got practices starting at 8.30 again tomorrow morning. There will be press conferences beforehand. I will take my seat in the slouching seat. Uh, Yes, I did inherit that seat in the press room. Even though we don't have assigned seating, that's where I sit. Uh, Mike Mike Rossi now covers the Falcons. Uh, he was he was the sloucher that Patricia yelled at. So uh, fun fun times. Um, I do not slouch, by the way. And in fact, I I just got erected my posture here as as good as I can in this chair, which is weirdly comfortable. I I, I kind of want one of these chairs. Can I, can, I, can where can I buy one of these chairs? They're they're very nice. Just take it, Jeff. Okay, I might do that. I might take you up on that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of Lions. So we, we had Eric Schlitt on earlier in the show from Pride of Detroit. Fantastic information. Um, and a couple of comments came in on, on my personal Twitter, at Jeff Risden, uh, where I are also on the Lions Wire, uh, where I'm the managing editor uh, for USA Today. Also the Draft Wire. We're not talking draft, though. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I cannot get into the NFL draft at this point this year. Uh, most years I'm doing a lot more pre-scouting. Uh, I have done some. Uh, I actually did a pre-scouting report on J.J. McCarthy as a potential weapon, so you Michigan fans might want to check that out. Uh, that's at DraftWire. It's called Room to Improve. I do a series. I've done done a few of them. Uh, I've done most of the top quarterbacks, done a handful of other players, uh, including Brock Bowers, uh, the Georgia tight end. And I will tell you, uh, if you're calling him a tight end, he's he's kind of like if you if you felt that Kyle Pitts wasn't a tight end, Brock Bowers is is going to carry that tradition on for you. One of the things that came up was was Eric talked about about Charles Harris, and there's some consternation um, that has grown and, and has been reflected in, in the social media here about what's going on with James Houston. Oh, is this a sign that James Houston isn't good? Don't read it that way. That's not what Eric was saying. That's not what, what the Lions are saying. James Houston is a premium pass rusher doesn't mean he's a premium full-time player. And I think when, when you're going you're gonna to see in the preseason, you're going to see them try James Houston on more rundowns. You saw, you saw it a little bit at the end of the year, did it a little bit in the, in the Packers game and uh, the Bears game or Vikings game at the end of the season. Where they, but he is a guy and his own college coach from Jackson State, Deion Sanders, now at Colorado, um, told him flat out, you can, you can watch the interview. We had to write it when I watched it. He told him, son, you are not a linebacker. You are not an NFL linebacker. You're not even good enough to start at Florida at linebacker. But if you rush the passer, you're going to play a long time in the NFL. I'm paraphrasing Dion here, and I won't, I won't even try to do prime because prime, prime is special <laughs> in his own way. It's, it's great. He's great for college football. Like, much like Jim Harbaugh, college football is better for having Deion Sanders in it. Um, but James Houston isn't going anywhere. He might not be your full-time player. Charles Harris is more experienced. He's better at a lot of the 
other things aside from the pass rush from what James Houston is. Now, James Houston is going to be working at these things, things like dropping into coverage, things like setting a hard edge on the run so that your outside corner or your slot corner or your linebacker off-ball linebacker can loop around you and make a play in the backfield. Those are things that James Houston just doesn't offer you yet. Charles Harris does, or does at a better level. He does that at a better level than Julian Okwara. He does it at a better level than than Romeo Okwara, for that matter. Uh, and the real loser to me in all of that, if if you want to call them losers, I prefer non-winners, honestly, because nobody's nope. If you make it to the NFL, you're not a loser. But the non-winner at that position, and the guy to watch, and the guy that I would mark as not being in Detroit long is Julian Okwara. It, it, it just hasn't happened for him, whether it's injuries that dogged him back even in Notre Dame um, or the lack of development as either a dynamic pass rusher or a guy who can play full time, set the edge. Um, it just it, it, it hasn't happened for him to the level that he's competitive with his older brother, Romeo, who's healthy or John Kaminsky on the other side because they brought they brought the commission back. He's great in that role invaluable to the team in that role. Josh Pascal from last year is ahead of him on the depth chart. That's a guy that we, Eric and I didn't talk about it, but Josh Pascal is another guy. They saw a lot in him and he didn't get an offseason approval last year. He came out of Kentucky. He was injured. Uh, He finally got on the field and got injured again uh, in training camp, got on the field at the end of the season and did very well, was one of the catalysts for the defensive resurgence of the Lions at the end of the season. He's going to play, folks. Uh, might not be a full-time starter or full-time player, but he's going to play as well. And that means that somebody is the odd man out, and it sure looks like it's Julian Okwara right now. We'll, we'll find out more. I, the pads go on, hopefully tomorrow, uh, and we'll have a much better idea of what they can do because th- watching defense play is one of the reasons why I, I didn't feel like I missed a lot in missing the first few days of camp. They can't tackle. Um, they can't go full speed on the lines. Uh, and one of the things that you really can't evaluate is how well they, they tackle, how well how aggressive they are. You know, It's great to get to the point of attack, but can you bring them down? Because we remember some Lions linebackers of past years and edges of past years that could get there, and then they'd be roadkill. They'd get stiff-armed to the ground by the likes of Adrian Peterson and Matt Forte and uh, Amon Green going back that far. Uh, we're, we're hopeful that that's not going to happen. So that... Don't read the love of the coaching staff in Charles Harris as a negative towards James Houston. That's that's not what it is. It's much more about him learning from Houston how to be more like a well-rounded player and not just a pass rush specialist. And if he's just a pass rush specialist, comes in, plays 25, 30 reps a game, gets you eight and a half to ten sacks, and that's very realistic for him. He did it last year, barely playing. That's good. You get that from a fifth-round pick? Heck yeah, man. Give me more of that. More. More, more, more. So that, 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 that's one of the things that came up. The other one, um, and this came up because I talked bad about Graham Glasgow. And uh, Again, we talked about injuries earlier in the show. Injuries are the reason why Graham Glasgow struggled. He suffered, and, 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 I, I know because he was out of sight, out of mind, playing for the Denver Broncos, in 2021 towards the end of that season he suffered a gruesome leg injury it was really bad there was talk of amputation that's how bad it was 
He did not recover physically well enough last year to be a quality NFL lineman. Also, Denver wasn't very good. They had a mobile quarterback who improvises that that didn't help him out at all. But his his range and movement was severely curtailed, and it showed in his play. He's hopefully healthier now. Um, from what I saw, very limited uh, in June, he looked better. Uh, looked like he was going to be good, but he's he's getting first team right guard reps. And and as Eric Schlitt from Pride of Detroit told us earlier today, that's that's part of the plan. That's part of the competition. Um, he was promised a chance to do that, and he's getting it. That's a good thing. Means that he's going to earn it. Or if Halapulavati Vaitai is back and healthy. He's going to have to earn it. It's not going to be given to him. These are good team problems. This, this is something we, we harped on in the Detroit Lions podcast, uh, which I co-host. We did it last night. We did a live show. Check it out on YouTube. Please, it's fun. Um, and we were fairly clean last night, too. Um, we probably got the PG-13 rating and not the NC-17, which we often get. But we talked about there's some there was some consternation there about Brian Branch not playing right away and Jack Campbell possibly not starting right away. The idea that your second-round pick doesn't have to be an impact starter right away, folks, that's positive. There's nothing bad or wrong about that. That's what the good teams have. You don't have to – I'll use N'Kobe Dean as an example. I believe he was a third-round pick, but there was there were people there were people in Detroit who wanted him instead of Aiden Hutchinson as the number two overall pick. I think he played 11 snaps last year for the Eagles. You know what? Doesn't mean he's a bad football player. Doesn't mean he was a miss. It means that they're a really good team and they didn't have to force a rookie into the lineup who might not have been ready. You're going to get that this year with the Lions, with Brian Branch, with Broderick Martin, the third rounder from Western Kentucky, who we haven't heard much about because the pads aren't on. What does he do? He anchors against contact. They're not allowed to have contact, so you're not going to hear much about the nose tackle or the defensive line doing much in practice these days until the pads come on. Don't sweat it. Don't fret it. The fact that they have C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the fact that they have a guy like Will Harris who can be a veteran to mentor in him, instead of throwing him out there like they had to put Amari Spavay back in the day. like all Oh, God, the names. The names. The litany of bad picks that were rushed onto the field and made even worse. They, that's our collective conscience. That's the same old Lions. That's not what we're doing with here. This, this team has moved on. You watch what the Baltimore Ravens do. They draft guys, and you don't hear about them for a year. Now all of a sudden, they're good. Eagles did that with N'Kobe Dean. N'Kobe Dean is going to play a much bigger role for the Eagles this year. You know what? I think he's probably going to do a pretty darn good job at it, in part because he didn't get rushed onto the field in a high-stress situation on a team with playoff expectations. Sometimes rookies can wilt under that. This is a great thing that Brian Branch isn't going to be starting. It doesn't mean that he's incapable of starting, but the fact that we don't have to see whether he's capable or not, that's great, man. I love that. Don't don't dog him because he's not starting. Applaud the team. Applaud Brad Holmes. Applaud the scouting staff, with which they just did a lot of internal promotions on, because it means that they're finding talent and they don't have to rush these guys on the field. That's fantastic. I love it. It's one of the reasons why I'm bullish about this season. One of the reasons why the man who normally sits in this chair uh, thinks that they're going to go 13-4 and four or 14-3. and three. Uh, I can't make that leap, but I'm not going to fault anybody that, that does. It's, uh, it's very realistic, and part of that is the depth. You know, another, uh, Jack Campbell is another example. 
He's got they got real competition at linebacker this year. Derek Barnes, for my money, was the most improved guy in the offseason going in coming out of minicamp and OTAs. The mental processing and the physical reactions were better than I'd seen him before, better than I ever saw at Purdue. It looks like the, the position change has finally clicked for him. You got Rodrigo coming back. Malcolm Rodriguez, last year's sixth round hero that he did have to rush onto the field. Guess what? Now he's got to earn that job because Jack Campbell's there. Alex Anzalone's back. They they brought in Jalen Reeves. Maven came back. As much as I don't think he has much of a role on the defense, he's a veteran that you you got to beat out. Like they're they are proved they're making the youngsters prove it instead of just giving it to them. That's Dan Campbell, but beyond Dan Campbell, that is Dan Campbell's most famous NFL coach. That's Bill Parcells. That's where that comes from. There's nothing negative about not having to play your rookies extensively early on. If they can, fantastic, great, awesome, makes you better. But the fact that you don't have to expect a guy drafted in the 40s or the 90s or the 110s to have to start and have to be a critical member of your team, that tells you how far this team has come from 2020, 2019. Because those teams, and go back go back to the Martin Mayhew era, when if you were drafted in the fifth round, you were playing. You're on the field, son. You're out there. You are, you are running. You are part of the team that is going to determine the outcomes of games. Not going to get a lot of that. You might if they earn it, but they're going to have to earn it. And I cannot stress to you enough how important that is, how great it is. So when I write at Lions Wire this weekend, Brian Branch running with the second team, Gave up a touchdown to Sam Laporta when he got his first. That's not a bad thing. Remember that. Be back. Wrap up the huge show in a little bit. Everything huge. 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Elevate your night out at the legendary Roots Chris Steakhouse. Now open at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Start with the finest cuts of USDA prime beef. Pair that with handcrafted cocktails, signature signs, and Roots legendary hospitality, and you've got yourself one incredible night. Roots Chris Steakhouse has arrived. Make a reservation at rootschris.com for your incredible night at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway reimagined. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. At Mercantile Bank, we believe in empowering the communities we serve and that financially strong individuals and families are vital for building strong communities. That's why we're committed to providing budgeting tools and interactive resources designed to help you take charge of your finances. Our friendly staff is always here to help answer questions and provide solutions to help you reach your goals. Call, stop in, or visit us online at MercBank.com to learn more. And let's help you make today count. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Bill Simonson here with a message from my good friend Josh Garvey. Now, he's the new managing shareholder for Bean Garter. At the end of the year, they'll be merging with Dorn Mayhew, and they'll be stronger together as one of America's top accounting and business firms. And speaking of business, if you're a business owner, decision maker, Bean Garter has retirement planning services in combination with Dorn Mayhew that can help take a lot of work off of your plate. Third-party administrator for 401k and 403b plans. 
They plan, document, design, and have maintenance of all plans. They can help you today. Go to beangarter.com for more information. Annual employer reporting, Form 589955 preparation and filing, and compliance testing. So let Bean Garter help you with your retirement planning services for your company. Stronger Together now with Dorn Mayhew. You can find out more at beangarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. Hey, this is Matt Shepard from the Michigan Sports Network. I love summers in Michigan because it means golf season. Now, two things always when I go golfing. I make sure I got my sticks, and I've got plenty of cold, fresh Labatt Blue Light. Whether I've just squeezed in 18 holes or I just want to relax on the patio after a long day, everywhere I go, and I'm serious when I tell you this, I tell people about the smooth, genuine taste of Labatt Blue Light. It's just a great beer. Michigan Sports Network is giving you a chance to win a foursome to Michigan's best courses. Just listen weekdays to the Huge Show and X's and Bros, or just text GOLF to 21,000 to enter. That's GOLF to 21,000. The trip includes two overnight stays and two rounds of golf, all brought to you by my friends at Labatt Blue Light. So grab a Labatt Blue Light the next time you head out onto the course and enjoy the blue skies, because blue is for Michigan summers and great times. Always enjoy responsibly. Copyright 2023 Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All rights reserved. Labatt is a registered U.S. trademark of Labatt Brewing Company, LTD. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Wrapping up the huge show across Michigan today. Got one little bit of breaking news that just came in uh, that uh, harkens back to the college football talk we were having earlier. Colorado, the Buffaloes, we just talked about actually brought up Deion Sanders. Uh, He is their new head coach. His son is their new quarterback. They are moving to a new conference. They are leaving the Pac-12 and joining the Big 12, which I think was down to 10. And the Pac-12 had 14. So... No, well, with USC and UCLA leaving the Pac-12, Colorado is the next domino to fall and leave. They are going back to the Big 12. If you're of a certain age, and I am of that age, Colorado was longtime member of the Big 8 back in the day um, with Oklahoma and Nebraska. Um, they're in different conferences now, obviously, Nebraska and the Big 10, um, and a lot of Texas schools, and also the SWC. And the SWC and the Big 8 basically merged together and formed the Big 12, and some of the schools get kicked out. Some of those schools are back, University of Houston being one of them. But uh, big news in the college football, and that's that's something we are moving more and more towards a mega conference, or four mega conferences rather than five this is this is the TV rights and media money and all that coming in, uh, and we're getting there. And it's something that we talked about yesterday on the show um, with Anthony Broom that the NCAA is losing its master grip over college football specifically. And a that's a good thing, and b it's happening quicker than you might expect with all the the conference movement. Uh, don't expect much movement in the in this general neck of the woods, but you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of it. One of 
quickly thank everyone. I've been in the in the chair for the last two days. First off, I want to thank Bill Simonson, the huge one, for letting me do this uh, before I, I head over to Detroit and hit Detroit Lions training camp for the next few days and weeks. Uh, thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Uh, I want to thank the guests that I had, Anthony Broom, Clayton Safey, Graham Couch, Eric Schlitt, Brian Perez um, for the Bears uh, talk yesterday. Gave, gave some great minutes on that. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in and making life better for those around you. Be good to each other out there, folks. It's a tough world, man. It's it's a lot easier to be nice and be kind and be forgiving than it is to be angry all the time. Try and practice that when you get cut off in, in traffic or somebody slights your song or whatever. Live and let live. Be happy. If heavy metal is your choice, do it that way. This is Jeff Risen signing off from the big, from the huge show. Big. Bad. Huge.